and welcome to episode 447 of the Awesome Comics Podcast, the place where the small press makes one hell of a big noise. My name is Vince Hunt, and joining me as always is the creator of the comic series Vanguard, Dan Butcher. Hello. A man who, god damn it, he loves a pattern in his wardrobe. It's Tony Esmond. <laughs> Where's that one come from? Well, I was... Because I'm I was, wearing that I was shirt today. I'm hypnotised by your shirt today. Oh, it's, it's a bit sort of bowling, isn't it? It's a bit it, sort of <laughs> down the bowling alley kind of in America yeah, shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're always a strike with me, Tony. Thanks, babes. As is our guest. Yes, this week it's a four-person show. Yeah. Four people. Don't think of it like that, Tony. Although it is going to be very sexy. As uh, we are very pleased to be joined by a returning guest, friend of the show, and the creator of the Penguins, the one, the only, Mr. Alan Henderson. And now I'm stuck with an earworm of Genesis of I know what I like in your wardrobe going through my head. <laughs> Look at you, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Greetings and salutations. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> few moments in and we've already got a Genesis reference. Mark your bingo cards. Oh dear. <laughs> I don't mind <laughs> Genesis. Yeah, I'm, I was about to say. I'm not one of these haters. Yeah. Oh, I quite like a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you feel about Phil Collins? That mind him. Yeah, I like a bit of Phil I like Collins. the fact he said wanker a lot on Miami Vice. Because I didn't know what it meant. Have you ever seen that episode where he says wanker no, all the time? No. Yeah, it's worth watching. It, it's been a long time, Tony. It's been about 30 or 40 years. <laughs> I'm going to come to his defence here. This is not where we want to go with this. But I'm going to tell you that Face Value, one of his very early albums, is actually quite good. Oh, I had Susudio on in the car the other day. I was singing yeah, along to yeah. a bit of Susudio. Yeah, I like Jesus, he knows me. That's a fucking good uh, one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So uh, many. Yeah, you know, that's just it's like having absolute eighties on and just going. Yeah, this is the retro sound. Let's, yeah. let's go for it. But, yeah. but stuff like Lamb Lies Down on Broadway and what, what were the other ones? There, they were good. Like the early uh, Peter Gabriel stuff. I like Peter Gabriel mm. as well. And that's good. This is not about music. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let us know in the emails what you think of Phil Collins and Genesis. Please <laughs> do. Yeah. No, because you'll probably get email us about uh, comics because this is a comic show, and for the next couple of hours, we're going to be talking a lot about comics and the different avenues. One being how to make comics for quite some time, as uh, which is our guest will know long something haul. about. Um, and certainly, you know, the ups and the downs. There'll be some crowdfunding chat. There'll be all kinds. Um, before we get properly stuck into that, though, um, I can tell Tony's excited because you're off soon, aren't you? On your on yeah. get more of your travels yeah. Tuesday on the uh, year of start with the No Brow crowd. So um, this, is, this is Angoulême you're heading towards. Yeah, heading it? to Angoulême. So going to Paris. We usually have a couple of hours in Paris, have a bit of lunch, and then uh, and then train it down. It's about two and a half hours, I think, on the train to Angoulême from Paris. It's basically like going to France from London. It's quite a long distance. Okay. Um, and it's good because if you, cause I love French trains. They have double decker trains, so I sit on the top because you get a better view, you know. And uh, there's, if you look across down the aisles, you see people reading comics and see the old person you might recognise. And yeah, it's good. It's all right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait, man. You know, I'll be sending photographs. To, if you're on the Slack, you'll be inundated with pictures Brilliant. of French things. Um, comics. Yeah, I'm excited. Sh- surely. Yeah, Madeleines. We're gonna eat, we're gonna have some Madeleines, aren't we? <laughs> celebrate the book God. yeah have a baguette didn't we have a conversation about Madeline's last yeah because I called them mandolins and you went oh. what are you calling them mandolins for oh, like this. I tell you what that, that's eerie how well you do my voice <laughs> <laughs> it was like there were two of you in the room I know yeah. I had to oh. check my mic to see I'm if there was stereo. an echo <laughs> is it the old uh, continental breakfast you get tea 
I'll, I'll, I'll get a special breakfast, my friend. Uh, no, okay. I'm in uh, Airbnb. Mm. So oh, okay. um, I'm actually in an Airbnb, and then I go over to a different Airbnb where I have breakfast with my buddies. So it's sort of it's a bit of a weird setup, but uh, it's a nice little breakfast. There's a couple okay. of people from Brittany who produce kind of like a fanzine about comics, and they don't have any English. And the only two words I think the dude knows in English is David Lloyd. He keeps saying that to me. <laughs> yeah. And he sort of nods, grinning, David Lloyd. And I go, yeah, yeah, I love David Lloyd. He's great. And he goes, yeah, yeah, like this. And that's the only communication we have. Picks up the uh, coffee pot. He like nods at you, David Lloyd. So, yeah, yeah, it yeah. does. He pulls the <laughs> And then he always says to me, uh, and I walk past, when I walk, I walk past the table, he goes, nah, yeah, and then tries to hand me one of his fancies to buy. And I went, I don't speak French. Why am yeah. I buying this? I don't yeah. know why. Look, I end up buying it. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. Go on now. I see, next time, you just, every time he goes David Lloyd, your reply just has to be Leisure Centre. Because. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that, we end that up becomes a squash later in the week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's just teach them more English that way, you see. Yeah. Tony, that's nice. a weak excuse because you we've talked about it on this show many times that all of us will read these books from Europe comics and they're so glorious that even if we can't read the original language, we want a copy of the book, don't we? Yes. Oh mate, I one of my recommends today, I got so enthusiastic and a little bit of moche that I'm definitely finding that in French. Um oh, nice one. Yeah, it's just you know what it is because I've already told yeah, you guys, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. fucking amazing. I mean, w- without any spoilers, of what it is? Is it French originally or is it um, Spanish? Yeah, French. Is, is it uh, French? French yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Published in France first. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, the dudes are rock star out there. Yeah. The the people who are rock stars out there, we don't know who they are over here. Yeah. I was going to say the it's Google madness. Translate app is now so good though with just pointing your phone camera. At yeah. Most I know them. what you it mean, will, man. You know, so. It's enough to always break the ice to say you can understand enough through it and get you know to get through. Yeah, it. I've, if I've done it on the odd. You go, yeah, that's how I do. It. I do it on the odd panel where I'm because I kind of I'm better at reading French than speaking it because I'm obviously self-conscious Englishman. But the I can get away with a lot of it now. But you're right. I've used it on the like a bit of a lengthy. You know, some of them have got a lot of writing in them. The French books, mm. haven't they? So yeah, I've yeah. done it on a few of them. Yeah. That's, a, that's a fascinating um because obviously we've, we've talked a lot about the different sort of reading experiences like digital panel by panel and all that kind of thing mm. you know using something like that which is a useful tool as you point out out it, it's still even if it helps the reading that the actual task of reading how does it affect the reading experience yeah i wouldn't want you know? it to become automatically that mm. because it it misses nuance and it misses meaning and you know see that happening down the line happening with asterisks asterisks you know the reason we've got dogmatics and all these sort of things you know the little plays on words is is not due to the french belgian version it's due to the translation yeah yeah there's a difference between translating and a a verbatim for translation yeah and actually translating Um, yeah where I mean, I have to know, translate a lot of Russian stuff. You try reading Google Translate on a Russian mm. sentence. Yeah. I, I, I do a lot of the Spanish stuff as well. With yeah. Google right. Google. And, it, and it is that where you're going, okay, I kind of get the, the spirit of what you're trying to say. Yeah. So that means I can write something in that same sort of context in, in, in English. But the um, in terms of the, the process for that, it, again, I think at the moment is very much a point and click the old little bits you know as you say this gets stuck in certain panels otherwise you're going to have to set up i suppose if you set up your camera to be on a, a stand and some or your phone on a stand in some way so it was pointing at uh like an overhead projector view it would would, would yeah. do it to a degree but you know having having booked on the airbnb 
B site this um, this weekend or check some stuff on the Airbnb, they translate automatically. So the dude has written to me. I'm staying at his place. He's written to me, and it auto translates it, um, which I guess they'll start doing for everything soon, won't they? Mm. Yeah, you I know? mean, if you got down a browser, if you had that, like, say, you're in a global comics or something, I can imagine functionality there where you have it. If this like type which hasn't been uh, rasterized it might be able to recognize it and translate it i mean but you look at the way these browsers recognize type and images now yeah. and stuff it's yeah. easy yeah. isn't it yeah i mean one of my fears is that um we lose like an essential character in in comics because like, we do. Whole, you lose a voice yeah. the, the, the the translation process i mean we had a whole episode um didn't we? In the, in the, now, didn't yeah, we? Yeah. yeah, about translating comics, and it's not just a mm. simple take the words and change them. Like, like you said, Tony, like Asterix, perfect example of that. Um, yeah. If you're, if you're just taking, like, the words on the page and just running a computer program across it, it will lose its life, and some of it will completely lose its I mean, meaning. I, I, I did it with Emanuela Malari on um, the uh, Marcosia books she put out. Oh, I like she's Italian, and mm. she writes some beautiful stuff, <clears throat> and she put it through Google Translate. So I basically worked with her and had to change it into more, you know, into more of the melody she wanted in it. In so I, I basically rewrote the translation, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Um, and there was lo- that took me weeks to do just to get it right, to mm. get it how she wanted it, you know. Yeah, there's um, a kind of an adjacent story to this. It's kind of controversy that's gone on for a couple of weeks over in uh, anime, and oh, I right. don't know if you've heard of this story. Basically, localized translations from uh, Japanese into English or uh, the American audience mm. is in like changed to incorporate the political views or modern like Western jokes into anime so okay. where they're doing the job of translation they'd they'd put something in it and it'd be like quite egregious it's like that yeah. that completely changes what the character's about and the story it kind of yeah. and the the people doing the translation the the localizers are kind of justifying their positions and no 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 like this is what I, I, i'm right in this position this is what i feel like the character to say to say but what, like, do the cre- not, what do the create what do the create what do the create they're not say? happy with it they're yeah. not happy with it but, like, but you none of that's new you? No, no, I mean none of that's new. I mean that's that's always been been like that yeah. in terms of how things get translated. And in, from an anime perspective, you know, there, there's a reason that Akira has been redubbed three or four times. Mm. And even then, people will always say, you know, read the um, the subtitles instead because they're better yeah. than the. Than I the think dubbing. these ones, the examples I've seen, were a bit more egregious. They started saying stuff. Oh like, yeah, about the patriarchy always, and yeah, shit like it's that. always been right, okay. It's just making it worse and worse. Yeah. And, it's it's but, back to that yeah. whole. It's the much wider thing of people who write in characters as themselves, which appears to be a bit of a, a, di- a bit of a discussion at the moment, isn't it? Mm. People yeah. um, imprinting their own thoughts, feelings, motivations, and uh, opinions on a like character on rather than else. just writing the character. Yeah, this like, is someone you know? else's character that, that they've already written. Exactly. The voice yeah. it, it, well, it's the same as Captain America, isn't it? Captain America has been about been about for so many yeah. decades and. People should be writing him as Captain America, not as yeah. the person they yeah. feel they sh- yeah. they, but, they are. You know? but I, I guess it'd be the same as translating an old an old cap issue and then changing yeah. all the letters yeah. around the words it, to mean completely. Is different. it any different yeah. than us taking a four panel comic strip and us inserting our own exactly wounds to yeah. it, or yeah. inserting our own last panel to it to to change yeah. the story to something exactly. sexy at the end? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. we've all been guilty of that. Just for <laughs> yeah, no. just for the other, totally. you know. <laughs> No, I know for a fact that we have all been guilty of that. Yeah. Um, Think for yourself, so Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would, 
the I thing believe, with the I believe I knew how to learn to, or I've learned how to delete my WhatsApp messages. So that's uh, <laughs> not... <laughs> the uh, the anime thing is that they've brought in uh, the AI voice to read the lines verbatim as they should be translated, and the audience kind of seem to be quite happy with it because mm. they're getting exactly what they want, just a verbatim translation of what's said. And okay. just putting yeah. up with it. So I actually feel like the, that, that thing we talked about this week, Dan, about that intro that I sent you, um, yes. that we ch- we chatted about in the Slack as well. Is I Simon suggested it was written by ChatGBT, and I somehow went, I think it might be. You know, it could have been hmm. because the way it re- repeats words in the middle of sentences, and yeah, I thought, oh. um, yeah. Well, well, we'll touch on that again in a second. But I mean, yeah. one of the things that disturbs me, well, disturbs sounds so dramatic, doesn't it? But like you say, that that original creation that the crazer has, mm. and they put this work in, and whether you like it or not, it has that voice, especially with a living creator. I mean, people have been taking works by old authors and just th- saying that doesn't work for me, so I'm going to change w- what they're saying. And the author's not alive, so they can't stop it. But if you're the original creator and someone's basically saying, it's almost like saying I can write it better to suit my needs. Yeah. That's if that happens to anyone. Um if and don't get me wrong, if some of this if some of the these core concepts are problematic, that's a different conversation. But imagine if you and this is to the listeners that read imagine if you did a creation and you gave it to someone and they essentially rewrote it before it went out. It's it's like that in a sense. Mm. Um and it's it's to me that's troubling that people that that can happen i know it does happen i'm not naive but the the fact that we're in a world where stuff like that happens and they'll just sort of say well no this is how i think it should sound like you know sometimes sometimes you need to be a james cameron just sort of say i wrote the script fucking do it how it is in the script yeah (laughs) do you know what i mean um i guess with the language barrier when they say no this is the actual meaning i'm kind of westerners wouldn't get this joke yeah there's also yeah there's also yeah cultural touch points that that don't translate which is yeah i think there's an opportunity there to learn about other cultures i think sometimes totally you know i'd rather have that reference in it thinking what the fuck is this and then like read up and oh right okay that's referencing that that's the reason we know about yeah well when you know about uh desserts and 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 treats and and you know biscuits and things that are, are different in different parts of the world mm. where people are going I, mm. I don't know what that is you know yeah well, that's here's, here's a fact i found out this week did you know that um you know how snickers was called snickers in america from the start but over here it was called marathon originally yeah. mm-hmm. um did you know that it was it was it wasn't called snickers over here they didn't want to call it that because they said it sounded a bit too like knickers <laughs> that certainly would have prevented me from buying it <laughs> Dan Butcher, the ultimate man. Um, Brilliant work, Dan. I like when people would get fucking up to you when it was like Yorkie. It's not for it was for men or it's not for women. It's, like, it's whatever. Man. I, I boycotted the brand a, for uh, fucking fourteen chocolate. years. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. kept me up at nights. Oh dear! I tell you well, what, cool. so, I'm stuck with, stuck with Dan now. Going, you know, Dan, Dan, you're not yourself until you've had your knickers. Yeah. Which is, uh, <laughs> knickers, get some different. nuts. Yeah. Um, my ass at the moment. It's a completely <laughs> different advert. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love um, that advert. Uh, speaking. Imagine going around the entirety of the supermarket and trying to, if the food sounds slightly rude, 
you're not going to buy it. We'd never buy, sell any cucumbers again, will we? Do you, do you think <laughs> I'm not, we I'm not eating spotted dick. <laughs> let's, let's download that audio product out of Vince and try and take this out of Snickers. Just, just do that. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> oh, dear. Dear. But um, speaking of things that will keep you up at night, I'm not talking about Snickers, but... <laughs> no, talking about me. But it will probably... It won't just keep you up at night. It'll keep you up for days if you Ooh. attempt to read all of Alan Henderson's Penguin yes. strips from... That'd be a good thing to do, wouldn't it? Do a marathon reading of it. Yeah. It's called Snickers now, Tony. Um, <laughs> but, of course, this is a little bit of a celebration show, as well as Alan being a friend of the show... Um, frequent guest on the NIA uh, podcast yep. and uh, just pulp historian and art lover extraordinaire um, check out our past show when Al was on it was a fantastic chat and he's in an art driveway yeah <laughs> pardon um, <laughs> but some of our listeners may not know of the Penguin which is a long running line of strips that you've been doing for quite a few years now but to kick us off for those of our lovely listeners who don't know what the strip is, what is, what are the penguins? So, as somebody who's tabled next to me, um, you you know full well, Vince. It's, <laughs> oh, oh, here flashbacks, we go. flashbacks. <laughs> right. It's funny little stories about funny little penguins, normally told in a three-panel newspaper strip style. Um, basically, goes out as a daily strip. It has been running for 11 and a half to almost 12 years now Jesus. um depending on how you want to look at it there mm. are 2400 and or there will be 2420 three panel strips there were 94 weekend strips there were 10 special strips there were 20 strips done by guest artists there are 60 plus commission pieces there were 430 single image gags and one or two other things. So essentially, there's three thousand individual bits of penguin wow. out there, um, which does mean, as I say, that we go through that process of every and again going, you know what? You can have a repeat. <laughs> and yeah. some time ago, I realised that the well was starting to run dry. And what do, what do you mean was, by that, though, babes? What, when you say the well was running dry, do you mean so personally, just, uh, jokes-wise, or so a combination of everything? Or so you know, wh- why why have I brought the penguin to an end? That's that's yeah, really what I think the question is going to be. So uh, th- there's an array of straws to that camel. Yeah. Um, one is just you know constantly coming up with new ideas that are not that need to be different enough from what you've done before. There's only so many times you can make jokes about Roman numerals, you know, hmm. and they can all be different and each one can be all right in its own own way. But there comes a point when, you know, um, so there's there's only so many jokes to be told. Um, I'm wanting to keep it fun for me to do it and not get to that point where I was saying at night, oh, I better better draw another one, <laughs> which I did do on a couple of occasions where I was like, what, 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 oh gosh, right, let's keep going. And that's just getting tired. That's just life, you know. And yeah. um, I'm getting old and, and having to cover, cover other bits of the family as they get old as well. Um, the fractioning of social media has meant that the ability to reach an audience mm. is just harder and harder. Mm. I realise now that 
I you know because if I go to post something, I've got to put it on Facebook. I also put it on Tumblr. I put it on X. I put it on Blue Sky. I put it on Threads, and on some of those platforms, I've and Instagram. And yeah. Instagram, you're right. Sorry, I forgot about that. Mm. Uh, and some of those platforms, I've got both a Penned Gwyn mm. um, account and a personal account, where I'll try to do a little bit of cross-population as well, just because that's yeah. you know, I I it's one of these things I always turn around and say, if you're going to do this sort of thing, you you got to take a stance. Are you in it just because of art and you want to say right, I've put something out and I don't care whether anybody sees it at all. Or you have to go, well, it is a mini business. Yep. Therefore, you've got to put some effort in. And that effort is all of these sort, sorts of things. So all of that was just me going, you know, seriously, why why am I doing this? But, you know, this this whole, you know, making sure I find the fun. And I knew that I was coming to the end of a, uh, the template that I used to say, you know, this is a book's worth. And it yeah. was a case of, well, you know, that that's the line in the sand. And I wanted it to have an end in that it would be very easy for me just to go one day, right, that's it, and, and just disappear. And, and oddly enough, I've had a couple of creators since I made my announcement actually say that, that that's what they've done. They've just stopped and and, and that's, you know, they've and made no announcement about it. Just just that, that was it. But I wanted to say, no, this, you know, both from a, you know, for the readership perspective to say it's, it's only fair that they know and also, there was a bit of me from my own self gratification going, you know, go on then, come at me, um, and and say look, that, you know, but but this is it. Um, it does mean that there are some some interesting things that come about with that because, as I say, working towards a template and saying this is when we get to the end of it. When I knew I had three left to draw, mm. there were four ideas on my list. <laughs> right. Okay. So there are undone penned going out there, right? But I knew that there was ne- I was never going to get to the end of another book. Or if I was, it was going to be such a slog that I was just never going to enjoy it. Yeah. So I think, you know, it was just a case of saying, look, here's a really good, here's here's a good point to stop it. Let's tell people we are stopping it, then bring it to a nice conclusion with the final book. Um, I will continue to repost and reblog and redo whatever with all the old ones mm. um people still read peanuts from back in the day and there's no new ones of those being created Absolutely, yeah. yeah so i think you know there's and i can be a bit selective about what goes in and out on different days but I, and that means i can actually work on the the process of being you know ha- having things aligned to the actual day in question it's amazing how often i've had alignments come up of you know you draw something and it doesn't get posted until a week later but something happens on that day and suddenly the thing that's just happens to be going out that day matches the day you know it's weird and the, the most have you ever had the those... opposite where you've had to sort of pull one you know someone's died or something or yeah um so not di- well <laughs> not directly but right. the so the way i run the, tw- the two different twitter accounts that i've got the one of them is running with the brand new strips all the time and one of them is running, well, let's say, two years or two and a half years behind, right? right? Just because they are. And there has been things where I've gone, hmm, that's not valid anymore. <laughs> right? And okay. taking it out of the, the two and a half years, you know, later one. So I've never crashed right the in the very current, front. maybe, or something. You know, yeah. Yeah. yeah I know, but, uh, but it's, and I've never really strayed into 
too political a scene. Well, like yeah. I don't yeah. think. It's, I mean, because that's the other thing. Obviously, I've kept Penguin PG throughout. That's been yeah. part of my my thing. Yeah. This is my big um, movement. I keep trying to get you to go after dark with it. That's, uh... <laughs> and I love that you don't. I love that you don't. You're not influenced <laughs> by that filth lord. There are times when I've walked up to the line. You know, there was the infamous cucumber joke. Um, <laughs> yeah. All I said was that every woman should have a cucumber in the fridge. And the final panel was a penguin with two slices of cucumber all over their eyes. But that's, you know, and yes. so that it was perfectly clean. Mm. But yes. some took it the other way. Um, so yeah, that that that's kind of where when I said the well run dry, it was just me saying I'm I'm feeling tired and I want to go and I I've always struggled doing other things when I'm doing the pen you know, partially because every time you go, I need more ideas, I need more ideas. So if you come up with an idea, you immediately put it onto the pen going pile, going, right, gotta keep going, gotta keep going. Yeah. Um and it's it's just made it like that. It's I mean the, you you make it sound like it's all you've done, but you have done other stuff. Through, through this i mean you did the stuff for um that comic smell comic you did a book for first time i ever spoke to you i reviewed a book for you of, of yours rather um like a kid's book that you did do you remember yeah yeah, yeah. so you have so done I've other done, stuff I've done during it. pieces and then yeah. um i did i've done a couple of zines and stuff as well throughout and you know i've been in all three duis um yeah, yeah. In, in, in one form or another so it's it's not impossible but um it makes it harder I think. And it, it is that whole thing if you're committed to doing something on an ongoing basis, to then say you want to do multiple things, particularly when you go, this is, you know, you've got real life, this is the hobby. If you then want a second hobby, <laughs> you suddenly go, how do you squeeze in the time for that? Yeah. Um, and, or how do you, you know, and, and the brain capacity, if you're, you know, so all power to people who can do, oh, I'm writing 16 different books at once type of thing. Um, but that's just not the way I'm wired. Yeah, I think there's another other interesting thing as well. Where <clears throat> if you're doing a daily strip, particularly if it's a humor strip, the the, the thing you you you're wanting an immediacy of a payoff, mm. and therefore you're you get into the pro or I get into the process of being saying right, I can produce them really quite quickly, um, from a blank sheet of paper to being you know an absolute final piece. I could do it in fifteen twenty minutes. You, you know, we've been on drinking draws where I've done three or four of them of an evening just okay. because. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the thing there is if you then flip it and say, right, actually, I want to go do more painterly stuff. If you if you go in with the mindset of going, I want that immediacy, I need that immediacy of response, that doesn't work if you're working in, in watercolours. You've got yeah. to slow yourself down and go, let it dry, let them put mm -hmm. the next layer on, and then do this, and then do that. Otherwise, it just goes horribly wrong. And again, there's a bit for me going, I need to compartmentalize what yeah. I'm working on to turn around and say, right, if I'm doing something that goes at this speed that the penguin goes at, then fine, I can go off and do it. Bang, bang, bang. But you can't do other bits of work at that speed. You've got mm. to give them the air to breathe. Yeah, I mean, some of the, the penguins I've enjoyed most out have been the ones where you play with form. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's been a couple that have almost been a... A black and white sort of mod psychedelia thing going on and you you jump in and out of panels sometimes and there's there's a bit of that as well so it's not you haven't always found yourselves tightly obligated to those three no, no. panels have you no 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 so i and i and again that's one of the things that that's been interesting with the the drying of the well is i've had fewer and fewer of those what i would call interesting ideas 
because you know, if, if people say to me, "What are your what are your favorite penguin strips?" You know, the immediate response is to get is to say, "Oh, they're all my children. I love them all." But you know, in reality, yeah. it, it's more. You know, so one of the one of the ones that's quite early on was the the penguins had gone on strike, and there was the you know, so the one standing on a soapbox with the bullhorn. You know, what do we want? Four panels. When do we want them? And then right. to be con- yeah, yeah. to be continued was written underneath. <laughs> the line. So then, yeah, you know, yeah. All right, fine. And the you then go you know later on I did the one with, with which was the tell me more about this game you call Tetris, and that was an L shaped set of panels. Right, gotcha. So okay. again, yeah, yeah. But it, some of that's not funny unless you've read all the other ones. So you're going one, two, three, one, two, three. Um, and one of my favourite ones still is the three by three, where I did um three panels that you could actually take them out and put them in any order and it's still read as a comic strip so actually it created nine strips um sorry six strips yeah, um so it's like uh trying to remember what actually went it's like a comic book is like a time a comic book can take you anywhere and like a time machine if you just believe in it or so it's, if you just believe in it like a time machine a, to- a comic book can take you anywhere uh, it was that you know it was all <laughs> that sort of thing and that that's where you kind of go yeah that's clever and that's one of the things you can do in comics that you can't do anywhere else with any mm. other sorts of medium um and it's those sorts of strips i really enjoyed doing but you know they, they are um they're gems inside of the bigger you know when, when you're digging for coal every now and again you find a diamond mm. coal is important and we should never forget that you know and not just get focused about the diamonds but um, but still, it is that whole you know those are the bit, and you're finding less and less of those diamonds. Was was where I was. So I mean, I, I compare this. To, I I did a daily strip, but nowhere near as as lengthy as yours. I did it for a year, and I would write. So I did it with the artist was a guy called Paul Rose, and I did a, a strip a day. I wrote a strip on the train every morning, um, and I really sort of dug that groove for a year where I, I I was used to writing a strip every morning, if that makes sense, you know, mm. and. I found that when we stopped, was with the the idea was we'd do it for a year. When we when we stopped, it, I had to go a bit cold turkey. I had to fill that space with something. Have you have you stopped yet, dude? Or are you still? And so, have you come across that yet? So I've um, no, I've not stopped. Right. Or I've stopped doing the daily strips, but because I've got the Kickstarter running, mm. that's keeping me mentally attuned of going. Well, I need to do that because that involves making sure i keep certain spreadsheets up to date and i make sure i'm doing commissions as well i guess promotion yeah. stuff and then i'm be starting to do the commissions as well right how are you going to so, cope with it have you decided how are you going to deal with it with that's a big piece. fucking i mean that's a big obligation to you isn't it every day mm. you must your mind must be searching for that next gag yeah you know i mean are you harvesting your life as it were like like a comedian's <laughs> Like you're yeah. going around, like, what can I get out of this? What can I see there? So, so some of it is, yes, that is what you do. And you, um, I'm not a great believer in mind maps, but there is that whole thing of saying, oh, we're, and it, oddly enough, it was easier when we were in the office all the time. Yeah, because, funny things happen, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, if you're, if you're around people, they say stupid things and you can kind yeah. of go, I'm going to borrow that. No, no, I uh, appreciate that, Al, but yeah, most people. <laughs> yeah. The, um, you've all appeared in Penguin. <laughs> no. I, think, I think it was strip 2000 or something like that where i, I said the, the, here's the band of idiots that behind it and it was a whole room uh, yeah. people and you were in the, anyway um <laughs> okay. the um so it, it, 
the the mind map piece you know so somebody might you might start talking about a circus or something like that and about silly things that happen there and you can go right so from a circus i can get to clowns and clowns getting into a car that's funny oh i can also do something about juggling oh i can do something about an elephant mm. oh i can do something about trapeze mm. right and suddenly you've gone from a, a silly little crux of an idea of circus to go right oh i've got five or six ideas bang 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 and then I, I always say that I need to put down an idea, let it mature for a few days, probably. Mm. And then suddenly you'll go, bang, I know exactly how to do that one. You know, and that's partially the, you know, what, what is panel one, what's panel two, what's panel three. Um, and it, there is just a thing about letting it, you know, sit there and go, right, yes, the, the idea is there, but let it mature, let it become something in your head and then go, right, I now know how to do it. Um and I'll freely admit there are certain gags as I, say, as I go through some of the history stuff when I'm you know, looking or reposting and I'll go, kind of wish I'd just moved that one word from that panel to that panel mm. or, you know, and some of that is just, well, some of that's just the more you do it, the more you learn. But also, yeah, I should let that sit a little longer before I, I rushed into doing that, that one particular idea. Yeah. Interesting, man. Yeah. So roll it back a little bit there now. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever heard this before of you, but there's for that for people who haven't seen it, shame on you because we go on about it all the time. But there there is a there's a real um individuality to these penguins. When when do you think are they something you Googled you doodled pardon me as a child, or are they how did how did the little design of them come up? So um about twelve years ago, um my friend Bob Turner and I were setting each other challenges and doing other different things from a creative sort of perspective. Okay. That sounds a lot grander than it really was. Um, for a period of time, we were sending each other backwards and forwards a paragraph a day of this is the next story of, or, you know, in terms of, and it was just trying to get into that rhythm of how to write something and or to, to, to do something yeah. uh, and be something. And then it became, well, hang on, we we're all into comics. Why are we not? doing something like that and it was just doodling around and going i've got white paper i've got a black pen what am i going to draw here well pandas mm, they're not particularly exciting um nuns take us down the after dark route yeah, probably there we go quickly. like well, it <laughs> and you have to remember that uh, being from edinburgh the penguin enclosure at edinburgh zoo is world renowned and um, there used to be advertising to say that the, the penguins were the only only characters that had equity cards at, at the zoo um, because they go on their walks and all this sort of stuff. Right. So it, penguins are something, if you if you live in Edinburgh or from Edinburgh, then, then penguins are something you know. If, you, if you've been to the rugby, you've probably stayed in the hotel that it looks onto as well, don't you? There's a hotel yeah. right next to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, post office hotel. The... Um, so that that was just just you know and it's this weird thing as well about saying when you're not so my drawing background is mm. not really art it's actually technical drawing okay right. um i have no qualifications from <clears throat> many years ago in technical drawing so i can in the which is why i love doing the whole right got the ruler out measure everything out and now draw you know so I, I when i draw it out in pencil it can be quite precise I'll right. then ink over it in freehand, which gives it the life. Is my sort of approach to it. But that that you know, so it, it when I'm then saying how do I create something 
or how did I create the penguin to begin with? It was about saying, how do I create a character that I know is repeatable, is easily recognizable, and you know, is just simply drawn so that because it doesn't look anything like an actual penguin. <laughs> but well, these cartoon characters never do. Goes, goes, Tom, it's Tom and Jerry don't look like cats and mice, do they? No. Let's face it, you know. Yeah. And, and as I say, that that's the the really interesting thing for me over the last decade is that I am at now you know now at the point where for several thousand people I can literally go two dots and an open triangle and they know what the character is. Yeah. Hmm. And and that that to me, when I first managed to do that with people and I was like, what have I created here? That that you know that literally is two dots and two lines and they know exactly what, what's coming next. I mean that's an epic that, achievement in itself. You know, it, I, I didn't set out to do that. Mm. You know, and it's no different, I suppose, than saying if you draw yeah, the the circles that make up the Disney ears, yeah. you know, you immediately go, yeah, what well, that is. And it so it has created its own little brand on that, that basis, which I always thought was wasn't intended, but it was the whole. I wanted to keep it simple, and mm. I wanted to have that ability to say, how do you create um, a language and lexicon with the the elements of the character so that mm. you can then go right you can produce them really quickly and simply mm. i th- i think an important part of this it, it, like you say at audience as well not only have you created this thing um but if there was if there was no ears to listen to the music um why would you play that kind of thing um yeah and obviously for over a decade now you've been making these strips and we know what they are and like thousands of other people won't know what they are what has been that um audience journey like fr- from the beginning to now you know because obviously there's been there's natural peaks and troughs to comic making in general but you know so here, having, having an audience and growing it and keeping it yeah i mean do yeah. you monitor that as well hmm. yeah. um not anymore because of the splintering of of, hmm. of, of, yeah. of uh of social media however we're talking of coincidences earlier and how things align so things aligned the other day there that the very final penguin was drawn at a, at a drink and draw for acp yeah and also yeah. um the alignment today is that actually on this day in 2015 um when tumblr was still actually an active social media i still use it because it's actually uh a good way to use hashtags and make them make the pen go in searchable, <laughs> which um, other social medias are not, not quite so good at. The, so, but on this day in 2015, um, Tumblr used to do a thing where it said, here are the blogs of the day, right? I presume it entirely randomly, well, or reasonably randomly selected them of yeah. saying, oh, let's just randomly select them. Prior to that, I had, so the, I was suddenly spotted the fact that I was getting more and more people starting to follow the blog. And then it suddenly became a bit of a, a weird, large wave. Um, and on, on that day in 2015, the number one blog recommended by Tumblr was The White House, as in <laughs> Pennsylvania Avenue. Yeah. The number two recommended blog, randomly chosen by Tumblr, was The Penguin. <laughs> Wow. So wow. I went from having maybe a couple hundred followers at that point to waking up the following day and having 15,000 followers. Wow. And that, you kind of went, 
all right, that's what am I supposed to do with that? You know, um, mm. given that this has never been about monetizing and it's never really been no. about, you know, but it, it creates a weird pressure because suddenly like going, oh, there's suddenly there's a lot of people looking at me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got more chance of upsetting somebody now. I've got more chance of, uh, <laughs> you know, being entirely in the wrong, you know, go down the wrong path. Um, and I think that as we've moved from social media to social media, some of them have come with me onto different social media platforms. Yeah. Um, and it's also been within the communities like the ACP and the, the Slack and all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of that where it's a case of these people find you and they share stuff. And, yeah. you know, if, if you share something and it's the, the advantage that Penguin has as well is it's, it is very family friendly. It's, generally inoffensive um and it gets so therefore a lot of other people will go oh you should that you know if your mother saw it she wouldn't be upset if mm. um you know and we might go actually i find that joke funny hopefully you know mm. so it, yeah. it it's it has spread like that as well um to being i say i, I don't really keep a track on on the actual numbers anymore because because you know that on a lot of social media accounts, you've got a lot of followers who are dead, um, yeah, dead account. I was about to say dead, oh, account, yeah, dead followers, yeah, dead yeah, accounts. Yeah. <laughs> where, where it's like, well, we've we've all been on. We may well all have MySpace accounts still. I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah. Where it's like the account still exists, but nobody, you know, don't don't count me as a follower anymore from that. But from um, that, I do but, notice that you've kept away from the paid for, you know, Patreon, some Substack. Something like that yeah. as well, mate, haven't you? OnlyFans, obviously. Um yeah. <laughs> the um I have. And that it's partially because again, this was supposed to be fun, this was supposed to be a hobby, it's supposed to be, you know, yeah. a, a little bit of silliness. Um I've done very well with the Kickstarters and very well at conventions that means that the books have essentially well, they have all paid for themselves. Mm. Um so I don't need to worry about it from that, that side. I'm also coming from a very privileged position because as Tony says I've got a drive in and drive out driver. Um <laughs> the um two toilets. The, <laughs> I've got four toilets if you don't mind. Anyway, does, that, um, does that count when I went in your garden? <laughs> <laughs> oh what's my track? What was it gonna say? We were talking about yeah. yeah. So my my opinion with regard to what the penguin was supposed to be was the fact that it was your newspaper strip mm. in your news feed. So if you were scrolling through Twitter, X, whatever other version, and you just went, piece of news, piece of news, piece of news, comic strip, mm. piece of news, piece of news. You know, yeah. And that, that's what you used to do when you read a newspaper yeah. when, when they existed properly. And you know, and, and it was just a key. Yeah, I think if you put it behind a paywall, it's like, well, there's, you know, that, that, that kind of defeats that purpose. Yeah. In the same way that we we don't do this with a paper. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. 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 I, and I also think it's if I was doing a Patreon, much like Mister Mister Bishop does here, where, where you, you you need to have enough additional materials. Yeah. So it's not designed for that, is it? You're the Penguin. It's not no, designed to have those extra uh, things. If yeah. I showed you the work in progress, you'd be like, that's just scribbles. That's, <laughs> you know, that's yeah. nonsense. That, you know, there is no added value to that at all. 
Um, so there's no work in progress really to share. There's no, okay, I know that um, Roger Langridge does the thing where he posts it on his Patreon, posts his um, strip on, on on his Patreon, and then it's two weeks later, he just puts it out on his on his standard feed. Yeah, Ben Mara does um, the same, actually. Okay. Yeah. Which, but again, I was like going, half the time I'm doing rerun or <laughs> at, at points i can be doing a lot of reruns and stuff so that's not really fair <laughs> well, sometimes it takes me a couple of weeks to get to read yeah. a load of stuff you know you yeah. kind um, of like but but doing this the kickstars or people buying the actual books like if you did the uh like the patron stuff do you think people would like well i'm backing him on the patron why do i need to get the books or do you know what i mean like, maybe there's yeah it's, it's hyper focused like you back you buy the physical book and you back it from the kickstarter so yeah I mean, yeah, I think it's very straightforward. Again, yeah, yeah. I think there's an interesting thing there as well about, again, in my head, and it's partially because I'm still a bit old school. There is a distinct difference between a comic, a digital strip, and a collected book. Mm. And in fact, it's no different than you know than an old newspaper strip we used to love getting those books at christmas books. don't we yeah, yeah. yeah. it's every, everything from charlie brown to um giles you know yeah. it used to be a, a pleasure to and get them at christmas did yeah. you ever do one for striker have you <laughs> i don't know actually mm. you george know what I'm yes i'm 90 sure they did i don't think they ever did a george and lynn one but That's a shame, isn't it? i'm aware of the but my point <laughs> is that that there's a there's a shift in rhythm when you're reading them like that mm. versus the because there's something, if you're doing a daily strip, every day needs to stand on its own because yeah. it's somebody's first or the person has missed a few days or whatever. So you have to kind of go, well, this one in itself needs to work. But when you put them together into a collection, you then have to say, right, am I going to spend any effort here to reorganize the order? Yeah, to now, do football I, gags or, you know, some people do, don't yeah, they? You know, the yeah, Mad yeah. Magazine guys so did, didn't from, they? From, yeah. For me, my main thing is about saying if I've got something that, say it sticks out the end of the, the third panel, I have to make sure that it's on the right-hand page of the yeah. print version, yeah. right? So... It doesn't bleed into the joke on the right-hand side. Yeah, so, it yeah just so, and it's, so it doesn't bleed into the um, into the fold as well mm. of the actual book. So you can actually see, you know, so there's one of the strips in, in the new book where it's, the, you know, one of the penguins turns up dressed as a fireman and the, the joke is, no, actually, I wanted you to put the cat out. And then outside the third panel is the cat, right? Yeah. right? But you you don't want that to be folded into the the center of the book, no. So the you, you know so I do a little bit of reorganizing for that, and then make sure that the rhythm kind of flows a little bit from one to the next. Would you build it like mm -hmm. a, a portfolio where you'd have like the front one and the back one, strong ones? If you know what I mean. Um. You want to so, open on one of your favorites, do you? Yeah, I, certainly the very, very front page, the very back pages do, and always make sure I pick something real interesting on the back cover, mm. which is generally mm. something that um, that I can play around with and maybe add a little bit of colour to what should they do from today. Um, I think this this leads into the the the, the big uh, subject of the day because um, you've got you've got a Kickstarter that's been running at this point two days, three days yep. by the time the listeners read hear it. The um, it's fucking stormed it, mate. It's Absolutely. like. Yeah. What are you at, like 350% at the moment? I know you have quite yeah. a low target, but you're still, Jesus. The And this is how many Kickstarters have you done now? Ooh, uh, eight, nine, eight. Like yeah, so you've been uh, doing them over a period of, do you know, what, eight years or so? Is it how long you've been doing them for? 
so yeah, it's about that. About it, because you, yeah, you, yeah. Re- you generally do one a year, don't you? Am I right? Yeah. So, because yeah. I, I initially did a bunch of books without using Kickstarter, and then so the books that I normally do are A5 in size, landscape piece. Um, they're all 100 pages long. The thing being there that that is the sort of book shape and design that I remember of the newspaper strips being reprinted back when I was a kid and that's okay. you know and I really like that and, I, and it's a good size to hold and read and it works for the, the three panel landscape strips back. yeah but you can put two up each it's fine however there came a point where with my first three or four books they had sold out and I said well what I'll do is I'll create what I call the treasury edition which crammed those four books together and I created an A4 book that and I reorganized everything within inside that to make them into to groupings of of themes of as you say here's all the football ones here's all the Christmas yeah. gags together here's all the you know whatever and that so that allowed me to say and that was the my, the first Kickstarter we did was on on that basis of saying right here's the Treasury edition bang and that again I I set a very low target or reasonably low target I as I don't have to pay anybody you know because I'm both the writer and the artist I have that yeah. advantage so all I'm looking to essentially do is cover the print cost um and the postage cost yeah. of getting the books out to the people that, that back it so anything else on top of that is absolute gravy and allows me to say well it's paid me to, or allows me to go to conventions and it's allowed me to print a few extra for the table at conventions yeah. I'm yeah, guessing that sort of thing yeah so on and so yeah yeah, yeah. You know. Um, so given that, Al, given that it's been about eight years of Kickstarters, of crowdfunding in general terms, you've um, built an audience um, yep. over that time. How how has it changed for you? Is because Kickstarter isn't su- isn't super old, but it had been going yep. for a couple of years at least before you started on it. How has it changed in the way that you use it, work it, analyze it? Um, so I, I think there's sort of three things that come with that. One is is just simply signal to noise, where right. yeah, there's more and more people putting more and more things on it, both from a um, a small press side of things. People realise it works now, and this other, and you've got other bigger companies going on it, and that that's a good thing in some ways because it means that right, certain, cons, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. It, if. If so, you know, the first I always say the first thing, you know, if you want somebody to look at your stuff, the first thing you've got to do is get them in the room, you know. Um, yeah, see, it always annoys me when we're at conventions and people say, Oh, no one ever buys my stuff. And I'm going, Well, if you encourage them to come and pick it up, they don't pick it, you know, <laughs> they won't buy it unless they pick it up. They might pick it up and not like it, but that's fine, you know. But you've got to, you've got to go through the, all of the stages, you don't jump from person turns up to immediately buys yeah. and i think so again getting getting people onto the kickstarter thing is, has been has been good but people only have got so much money in the back pocket so yeah. if they start going well i'm going to put towards this dark horse book or this image book or this whatever but the, the or whatever thing's going through that piece i'll you know so there's a balance to be struck there so that's the signal to all this point the functionality within kickstarter has actually massively improved where you know the ability to have all the you know there's some some of it's really simple about saying you can now put photographs with your um your level of tears so people you can go this is what you're getting you know as opposed to having mm. put it in the body yeah, yeah. of the tech and stuff like that, that which is, is just annoying. nice little things 
Mm. And then doing the whole, here's the add-ons. So you can say, well, by the way, do you also want to get one of these, one of those, one of those? Which is great. Downside with that relates to the, the other major problem that we've got, which you guys have discussed at length, which is postage, right? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Two, and there's two, so I'm saying, I'm going to say there's two legs to this. One, the cost of postage is just now ridiculous, yeah. particularly to from the UK to the US. Um, it's not much better to most parts of the EU, but the, you know, UK to yeah. US is now, you know, where I, I, I am. Again, I know exactly what my book weighs because it's exactly the same design as the one previously and the one previous to that. So I can go, right, I know how much this is going to going to weigh inside this envelope or the, inside this wee box. I, you know, have a wee thing, right. And so I can go to the, the website and go, how much is that going to cost? So I, I, I'm always fine with my amounts I'm taking in to cover my postage, but it is very much a case of the postage is now greater than the the cost of the book which is yeah. just, you know it's, I, that's a right put off for me if i go to buy a book and i look at the postage is more uh, oh, i'm not i'm not pressing go on it yeah i did the exact that yesterday i don't hold it against that against anybody because no. i would you know if I, when the shoe is on the other foot i will, will make that make that around i don't know about you i keep on thinking is this going to change at some point or is this this the way it is well a lot of them now um, I, I did it with a, a pro book and i thought this is going to come through diamond at some point yeah, yeah, just thinking like the, the postage costs, like they, they seem to have just gone and passed yeah. through the roof. It's like, is this, so, this the way shit is now? To to agree, do it to a degree, yes. Um I'll come back to my other postage point. The one of the things with I think one of the ultimate solutions for postage, and I know it exists because one of my friends does it, that you can get you can basically set up a US post box, and I presume that the US can people in the US can do it here. So, where you get a whole lot of stuff sent to that post box in a warehouse somewhere, and at whatever frequency you can say to the people, please empty my box and send it over to me as one thing. So you're you're you can reduce right. the oh, okay frequency of postage, and if if you're willing to say please send it via the night boat to Cairo then yeah you know I'll get it in three so to the, six months the, time. The, the way we get around it is we have we send it in one massive box to a person in the states who is is part of our crew and distributes it for mm. us so which, which yeah, works yeah. a bit better yeah. for us yeah, yeah. No, that, that, that's good for you sending out sorry I was meaning it from the other way around if you yeah, yeah, yeah. get you man, going yeah. right, how do I it's almost exactly that where you're saying, right, okay, I'm just going to have a box sitting somewhere in a warehouse in somewhere in the States. And I'm going to get everything posted into that box. So I'm only paying US postage. And then once every three months, I'll say, please send me my big box as, as crate. Right. Yeah. yeah. It does mean you've then got to turn around and go, fine, I will see this at some point. Yeah. Now, yeah. Yeah. Well, Kickstarter, man. Such, you know, <laughs> well, A, yeah. And B, some of us have got such large to be red piles that, you know, it's um, yeah, man. It, we when can kind of go, well, it's not I've got books I will never read. I'll tell you that now. There's books I'll, <laughs> I'll die before I read them. I guess there's any problems with those books that turn up in the, the box that so you won't know about them for Until, months. yeah, well, yeah, that's all right. it's kind of yeah. too late then. But do you think with Kickstarter so, as well? See, when Kickstarter was in its infancy, uh, and you know how, because I'm old, I hate to adopt anything new in any way. Huh. And uh, people go, oh, "I've got a book on Kickstarter." I'm going, oh, "I don't know about that, mate. I'm not fucking not signing up for something else." <laughs> but, but, 
People are. That was an impression of myself, there, Vince. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, But now I think people are much more ready to sign up for a new thing because all because they've they've made it simpler, especially with apps, Mm. for example. Yeah. Which I think where Indiegogo is is a big failure because it doesn't have an app. I'd I'd back more on there if it had an app. You know. There, there is, there's something about presence and demonstrating a commitment to doing things over time. So. I'm fairly, you know, I can go look at all the other Kickstarters that I've fulfilled, you know, literally, what have you got to worry about? And mm. people will go, trust that, I can do that. And I, I would do the same if I was going in for somebody and I went, this is your Kickstarter number seven or eight? Yeah, if nobody, you know, I've never heard your name mentioned by the Great Unwashed as being the people that have failed <laughs> to deliver on Kickstarters. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, I'll back you. However, if somebody goes, this is my first ever Kickstarter, and they're not able to say, I've, I've got as far as producing a printed a printer's proof, oh. I would still go, mm, just how yeah. close to this are you? You know? Yeah. I um, came across one example today. I, I clicked on a guy's book, and here's his Kickstarter profile, never backed anything, first project, and they were asking for like 10K. To produce a comic and I was like, <laughs> yeah you're never never gonna get this backed because you've not built up the goodwill here like yeah. you're not just not gonna do it dreamland usa i, yeah. I guess yeah. <clears throat> yeah so i think it's that the one other thing i was going to throw into the mix as well just which as it relates to postage and relates to the increase of things like add-ons and stuff like that um it does mean you and god i love a spreadsheet you've got to have one <laughs> You spread spreadsheet right. bastards. I fucking the, hate spreadsheets. Yeah. Well, the, the thing here is, if you go, oh, I've got four different add-ons, five different add-ons, right? Particularly for me, where I'm like going, so, by the way, I've got all these previous books. Do you want any of them? Uh, you've then got to sit down and go, right, so if they order one extra book, what does the postage go up by? Yep. What happens if they order two? What if they order three? Now, what if that means they've started with that particular starting point of their thing how much do you add on for postage for that and of course you can't do a whole here's a big running sliding scale of if this then that type of thing it has to just be give us a number or yeah. give us a number for the uk and give us a number for the us and give us a number for for europe um so that there you've got you've got to be clever and work it out i know the way around it is to say oh use backer kit and we'll charge people for their postage after the event but frankly, I don't like backing those um, those kind yeah, of things. Yeah, they get up my ass. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right, yeah. because you're like going, I've paid for this already, and you're now. But you're telling me at the end there's a, a payment. I don't know what. I got. It I'm is. not being funny, but yeah. I actually think backer kit is more expensive. I uh, saw one quoted today, and it was a little bit more expensive than another one uh, that wasn't using backer kit. And I thought, yeah. is this the backer kit charge yeah, that's going on top of it yeah. as well? You know, probably. Yeah. 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 I know it's so the, yeah. the, if you're building like you, you're selling the one comic and you've got like five in your back issues and he's like, well, I have all five of them. It's only ch- you can only quote for that one book, the initial book. So, yeah, it yeah, it, it, that system doesn't it might need a bit of kind of it, it, it's of doable, but it, yeah. you just you all I'm saying is that if you're setting it up or if anyone's setting up a Kickstarter for those sorts of things, you've got to think it all through. And it's not part of the creative process. Nope. So, and the, and this is what I always find amusing about some of our um, 
community at large where and to be fair it's like look, if, if you're a creative person then you're probably not that much of a business person <laughs> mm. or you're not much you know because you're one or t'other and that's uh, you know there are people who are falling to both camps but and it's all about what's the bit that's interesting you know the bit that's interesting is actually making the book and actually drawing yeah. and doing something it's only when you go oh I've got to do marketing oh I don't want to do marketing oh I've got to work out the cost of doing this oh I've got to set up you know it's not just the cost of, of printing the books, the cost of getting it out to everybody. Oh, I need to understand how this, the website works. And, uh, and suddenly people are going, oh, I'm entirely put off all that. We, you know, and that and that's why publishers exist, because they do all yeah. that, but they yeah. um, and it, it, that and, and that's, I suppose, you see what's changed about, about crowdfunding. It is, you know, the more you do, the more you learn, because you always make a mistake. Hmm. Um. I made the mistake in one of mine where for one of the tiers, when, when I typed it all up, blah, blah, I, I actually put the US postage in for Europe and the European postage in for the US, right? Luckily, not many people, or nobody noticed it as a, oh, let's, here's a, here's a way to get ready, you know, to get a cheap right. to the US. Yeah, yeah. But it was a case of, ah, oh, taking a couple of pounds of a bath on each one of those that yeah. are going to, to, and that was my fault, entirely yeah. my fault. And it does mean that any time learn, you know, mate. Well, yeah, I think it's it, one of the things. What's well, one of the things I twenty times check when I'm making one up now? As soon as they back a tier, so if you've got like four tiers and they back one, you can't change that tier anymore. Whereas Correct. if no one has done it, you can go in and say, "Oh fucking hell, I've got like, uh, okay. like ten pound yeah. on that, so I can amend it." But if you don't, spot that before it. someone backs it, you can't yeah. change it. What so, I do is I I run a Kickstarter with a man who up until recently was a postman. That's how it works, that's literally. Great. Yeah, that's that's how I've worked it. <laughs> um, that's true, actually. It is true. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I've uh, contacted him when I was doing the Viper 2 campaign and questions about postage, and there you he sorted me right out. Good man. Um, is it time, gentlemen? I think so, think? yeah. Should we do, should we work in vain? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, thank, because of all this quality content um, that Al's been giving us, all this, all this advice... Um, we actually did something, or well, the community at large put something together. Yeah, um, suggested by Simon Russell. I'd like to give him credit. Yeah, yes, Simon suggested it. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we <laughs> just so you know, uh, listeners, for this brief moment, we've switched on our cameras because uh, we sent something to Al in the post. And uh, he's opening it. He's, he's opening, opening it, it now. Here he goes. He's opening it. And uh, it's slowly sliding out. Pull it out. Pull it out. out. Okay. Yeah. As as he looks through it, and he'll probably um, just glance through it, gents. If you want to, just say a few words about what it is. You just, to... so, go on. You go for it, T. Okay. Well, Simon uh, private messaged me and said, "Should we do something?" Because Al had we'd we'd have the drink and draw, and Al had done his last trip, and he said, "Should we do something for Al?" Because it's 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 a nice. Amongst the Slack guys, we all read it, we all enjoy it, we've all backed it. Mm. So we uh, we started a little private secret channel on the Slack, which I called Fantasy Football 2024, <laughs> right? Some people didn't realise. Some people joined it and went, I'm not into football, and left immediately. <laughs> I don't know, immediately. I thought, what the yeah. fuck is this? <laughs> Fantasy football. <laughs> and we did, uh, we all started doing some art. And uh, there's a, there's a, have you got the list of names, Dan? Because you've got it there, haven't you? On that document. Uh... I don't remember um, the names, but I will. I will look. Yeah, don't right dig it out. So I can, I can flip loads of it. loads of people did stuff for it. Um, as a celebration, world, to be a, fair, yeah, a celebration yeah. of the Penguins. 
Oh, this is amazing. This is yeah. And Dan put together um, a physical little zine. Yeah, um, it's only a little zine. A little zine uh, full of the art as a, just a little fun thing. So, um, uh, read through the names now as as they run in the book, not in alphabetical order. So oh, nice got, work, uh, man. Yeah, Sarah Harris and Jason. Got they a... did like they actually went out and painted it on the side of a building. Yes. And they are photographs of the actual yeah. penguin, which is alive and living in the streets of, I guess, Swindon somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John Ottaway, uh, John Tyrell yeah. Waiters, uh, Ian Ashcroft, uh, Martin Feekins, Mark Abnett, uh, Tim Meekins, our, our boy Tony Esmond, <laughs> Simon Russell, Vince Hunt, uh, Matthew Bunce, Zach Cahill, Paul Henley, Alan Purdy, 4P, uh, Kieran Squires, Bert Dinkus, uh, yeah. Stephen McCluskey, Drew Hurd, Simon Russell again, uh, AP after AH, that's Anna Purdy. Uh, we've got uh, Tom Curry, I really like Tom's, uh, Jay Cannon, Zach Cobb, uh, the PhD, uh, myself, and a late one which is not on the digital version from uh, our friend uh, uh, Cliff. Yeah. And finally, the last one by Sarah. Nice. So some of these are um, in physical. Most, a lot of them are done digitally. Al. So some of them I've got. I'm yeah. collecting oh, yeah. the physical. I'm collecting the physical art, which as soon as it all arrives, oh. I'll put it in a folder and I'll be sending it to you then. So, and I, so I, the, I, th- I think I was going to say this. mean two things. One, one, I'm like this. This is absolutely amazing. Um, I'm glad you like it, man. It, uh, it, it just demonstrates how easy it is to draw the penguin. Looking <laughs> forward from here on. Um, but these are. As I say, it was really interesting when I announced that I was was finishing it because it felt like a week at times. I and I actually ended up posting to the Slack on that particular day to remind you. You messaged me, didn't you? Saying, "Yeah, I, says, I am not dead," um, <laughs> which um, because you know, it's like, oh, is this is something. Um, and I almost on that day with all the the messages that were coming in, got to the point and said, "Fuck it, let's do two thousand more." Um, <laughs> You couldn't do that. We were doing a zine. Yeah. (laughs) This is like the kind of the celebration of it, isn't it? Here's the first 20 ideas, isn't it? So it's um, it's, it's brilliant. Oh, no, this is, I I have to thank everybody that's that's input to this in whatever form. It does demonstrate that anybody can get involved with with these sort of things. It um, shows what a strong community that we have. We're a a very good clique. I'll just upset. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Oh, thank you to everybody that's that's, right, that's done something. It was a fun little project, and yeah. people yeah. were like super up for it. It became you didn't see it, but it became by far the busiest channel in the Slack with just people talking about each other's. Mm. I mean, I, I don't think you've ever met Tyrrell. Tyrrell was one of the no-brow artists. Yeah. He just joined yeah. in, so oh, I'm going to fucking do one too. He messaged me saying, oh, "I'm on it too." You know, but just people really dug it. You know. Mm. Um, You're going to add out to the channel so you can see. Yeah. So oh, that's true. Yeah. I should yeah. do, shouldn't I? Yeah. 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 Um. It didn't even dawn on me to think, oh, I should go hunting and see if there are hidden yeah. channels in the slack. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. I mean, you, when you talk about it sort of being a, a like like a wake kind of statement, Al, and I, I can understand when the outpouring comes out, you want to make more. Um, and it's just the, t- the top of the iceberg. I mean, that little zine that's been put together is a celebration. And I think it's rare, rare um, certainly in indie comics, you really get a chance to say it. But whether you were in this zine or whether you're not, um, from a lot of people, 
who listen to this show or may, who lots who don't listen listen to this show thank you for yeah massive for, achievement man massive for doing all of these strips yeah. for so long um i mean it's a hell of an achievement i mean if we're just talking about the numbers of strips and the jokes and everything like that but just you know i, I mean i'm excited Sticking about what it. you're going to do next mm. you know that's... who's going to who's going to take the crown Al? there's got to be someone coming up they want to try, don't they? Want to try? Yeah. I, I, well, you know what? There's, there's, there's loads of things. One, I wouldn't want to put that pressure on somebody. Hmm. Uh, I don't think that that's not fair to, to, because <laughs> there are people who are doing a kind daily. You've gone great since you started doing, out. You know, like, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Comics tend you great um, quicker than anything else. I say. Yeah. You know, I, and as, some time ago, I, I did come up with the whole proper hippie statement, if you like, where it was like, you know, what was the point of the penguin? The point of the penguin was to put a smile on somebody's face every day. And I'm pretty confident we've done that. Um, I keep saying we, which is just, I did point out as well as that, that weird thing when you start talking to the penguins. It's weirder when they start talking back. Um, <laughs> but the, you know, if to, to put a smile on somebody else, you know, and it, it it's been all about saying this is about creating an emotional reaction that happens to be laughter, ideally. Um, quite often it's a groan, quite often it's a, oh dear. Um, but that, you know, and, and it, it, it has done that, I hope. It has done that. Yeah, it has. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a pleasure um, to read them. Yeah, yeah. You see, whenever and, they pop up, it's always yeah, a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. And there Even comes the a dad point jokes, where... Dad yeah. jokes will get a groan. And that's I'll, the I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. laugh at yeah, them yeah, all yeah. the time. Um, yeah. but, but there is a point that you're hoping for the reaction but once it's out there it's out of your hands yeah you know what i mean what the reaction is hmm. but the fact that's that why i love being at a con and going to somebody where i have a foot through the book yeah. and actually being able to see i had an reaction. entire weekend of witnessing the absolute legendary <laughs> patter that you have with, with people <laughs> but, but but not and I, I want to stress this this isn't one of those oh i know you come to the table and have a chat yeah um hmm. al is just good with anyone like just whether they know the books or not and you know it was a joy to behold <laughs> and also <laughs> I, I was there sitting there thinking oh I don't want to talk to people I'll keep my head down and he was just on it all the time chatting yeah do you see that many like three panel gag strips if you go into like a convention where people are selling small press comics is that the kind of thing you see much of because I'm struggling to think of many examples of that can you guys? It's, it, there aren't there aren't too many of them, I don't no. think, and and certainly if they are, they're um, they're probably just collection books. Well, I'll say that a... you did one V. Yeah, 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 but it, it wasn't something that you know um, I built a reputation on, or like was a regular thing, or you know there was a collection, um, yeah. and I think I've, so, I think for most creators it's that rather than ongoing. Yeah. So most people who are doing a daily strip are not doing. Or in our the the good cons are like are not doing humor. They are doing diary comics, right? And therefore, I think you'll find there's lots of of those diary based comics. Yeah, and they have their place, and there's nothing you know, and there are yeah. good ones, and there's bad ones. Um, or there's there's some that work for us, and some that work for other people, and that's it, that's the mix. But you're right. I have been lucky that over the last decade, doing events and all sorts of stuff, generally it has been standalone you know it, it's been different yeah um and it's always been something that is accessible to everybody mm -hmm. 
and has always been, um, as I say, I had a joke for a long period of time where people say, oh, you know, cosplayers don't buy anything. And I went, ah, but their mothers do. And they're always walking behind them carrying all the coats. So it was that whole where you go, ah. You're a massive draw for the MILFs of uh, comic you know, I don't that you know, as I say, that that's marketing one hundred and one. Yeah, so you know, fight, fight, you know, yeah mm. you'll do. Right, come here, have a look at this. Um, there's a whole other episode on how to make people better at conventions or selling yeah, things, yeah. or yeah, okay. how to make conventions better. But yeah, so no. But look, this is um, very touching, and uh, I will that's take what this to... podcast gives. Oh, lots please, of touching no. properly. I've just added um, you, and I'm just adding a, a picture of, of it, us all. It's a bit of rough and ready zine, that, but uh, my stapler broke halfway through making it. It's the, it's the best kind, Dan. Yeah. And ready zines. Uh, I, I see that the, the, Mr. Butcher lost the um, it's supposed to be family friendly. Yes, I totally uh, went off the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I recreated know, I... The, the Pete and Dudley sketch. Yeah, from, uh... like, yeah it's, this is where Derek and Clive, but it's more of a. <laughs> yeah. But um, in terms of the language. But no, look, that's. Yeah, look, that's that's wonderful. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. Good stuff, man. We're pleased. Yeah. Pl- absolute yeah. pleasure. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. the whole community. Really, I yeah. actually had a great time drawing mine. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I I can't draw, so I'm blagging yeah. it now. I've already put in my LinkedIn profile. I'm a published artist, <laughs> and it's down to you. <laughs> I mean, cool. right now you're in the thick of it, Al. You're obviously. Um, you know, with the with the Kickstarter and everything, it, it's probably difficult to say what are the next moves because um, probably for the good half a year you're still going to be surrounded by penguins in some sort of form. Um, I, I mean, are you going to step more into writing? Do you think are you going to write a lot more comics? Or mm, bit of painting? Yeah. I know you fancy yeah. a bit of painting. So I tell you well. Again, I have multiple answers to this. The <laughs> The first thing is to, I'm, I'm thinking of of taking a pole, right? Um, taking a pole asking, dancing. Wow. Well, yeah, I'll watch that. I'm yeah. getting know. some dollars in. <laughs> well, yeah, basically, you know, let, 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 let's run a poll and say, you know, who fancies or who, who would be interested in a book about the Muppets where there's no felt and there's no plastic? Basically, I'm looking for a show of hands. Hmm. Okay. Let that, one, let that one sit for a while. <laughs> um, <laughs> I fancy a bit of auto bio. I think you've got a but, few things to no, tell, man. Re- realistically, I would. I, w- I want to get back into painting more and and do a lot of that. Um, and then I also think that there is something about going back to an old idea that I had a while ago, which is about stupid descriptions for stupid people um, or for stupid purposes. Um, where how do you do things like how do you so if you if you meet somebody who's never seen a pineapple before, how do you describe a pineapple without referencing a hand grenade? What are the written instructions on how to use a straw? Because when you actually start to go through that and go, no, that makes no sense to actually write down. You know, these things are just naturally known. You can almost hear um, us thinking about those questions. <laughs> well, it's that whole, you put it in the water. No, 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 no. Just the one end in the water, right? <laughs> now uh, put the put the other end in your mouth. Pardon? No, don't bite down on it. Don't bite down on it. You know. Where are we going? Well, this this is the... this has become a completely different show. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm thinking things now, Vince. Yeah, Dirty this things. is just. I didn't. <laughs> sorry, guys. I didn't know Alan was going to be like this. Uh, yeah. 
So I think there's something in, in there. There's maybe something in that, but mm. um, but no, the actually creatively, I do want to to, I, you know, during lockdown, I did quite a lot of painting mm. um, of floating head characters of um, of the of children's shows of our youth. Uh, lots of yeah. lots of Muppets in that, um, and I have also done quite a lot of landscapes where that I've done for as gifts for people and stuff where. They are a certain quality. The, and again, like him, man. I, I, like as, him. As I, well, as I always say, art is a muscle, and the only way to make it better is to exercise it. Yep. So you've got to do it again and again and again. And, you know, and, and realizing that each time you learn something, you get a little bit better. So you've got to, you know, you've got to do more of it. Um, and I would, so I would really like to to get into to paint stuff, and then potentially there is a case of saying, okay, how do I actually? You know, how to make sure I can actually do storytelling with paint materials, you know. Mm. And again, the only way to do it is to try it, but that takes time, and that's what I will now have that yeah. I don't have before. Yeah. yeah. So oh. that, that that's that's the first one. Invariably, there will be suddenly a, I'll be sitting. Take going, it easy, and see where it goes, man. That's all we got to do. Yeah. 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 What whatever creatively fulfills you, we will of course be here to shout the good word. I'll yeah. still be in the Slack community doing my bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. Yeah, but once again, it was such an epic achievement um, to yeah, well done, mate, and well to done to everyone who get... took part in that because there's a lot yes. of people who put a lot Thank of effort into that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, of course it it garnered the most important thing, which was a guest slot on this show. So, well done. Um, what everyone craves. That's what everyone craves. Um, <laughs> no, I seriously can't wait to see what's coming next. Can't wait to um, see see the last book and the last strips. Um, and certainly the community will be shouting your praises for many years to come for the, for the Penguins. Thank you. Speaking of shouting... Do we have any shout outs this week? I've got Jeff? a few actually today if you don't if you'll oblige me. Here we go. Uh, right, right. I've got I need to get to the keyboard. Carry on. Uh, get to the keyboard, baby cakes. Okay, right. Go. We've been contacted by Inkblot Festival. Um Inkblot is a comic re- comics festival created by comics writers and artists, Andy and Tom, with the intention of helping make comics and storytelling more accessible. Awesome. Tickets to en- tickets to enter the event are only three pounds. We have noticed how expensive events are getting these days, so we want to tackle this and create an event that isn't going to break the bank. Good old. Um, we have a full day of makers, comic makers, novel writers, storytellers, and collectible comic sellers. So this is truly an indie comic lovers festival. We have plenty of giveaways for the day, such as original paintings for those that buy tickets online before the event. The event takes place on the 24th of February at the St. Thomas Centre in Manchester, and it runs between 11am and 4pm. The website is inkblot, single T, inkblotfestival.com. Uh, you can buy your tickets at... Oh, my photographs just disappeared. Hang on. Uh, how do I do this now? <laughs> <Don't know what's laughs> We're witnessing Penny having a, oh, melt, a technical a meltdown, yeah. and I tell you I'm what, I'm not cutting down. any of it. Uh, no, leave it in. Oh yeah, link to buy tickets is eventbookings.com forward slash b forward slash event forward slash ink blot festival. That wasn't even really, really worth reading out, was it? <laughs> if you go to if you go to inkblot single t inkblotfestival dot com, we'll be able to find out all about it. Thanks for contacting us, Andy. Uh, I know we've got quite a few listeners up up north, 
so they might fancy that and uh, i guess there's still tables available as well so it's from the sounds of it because still got about over a month now to go on it haven't we so go and have a look at that one um i'd like to give a little shout out to john m burns who we sadly lost recently and i've got permission to mention this because i know it's something that was on the slack and it was actually really touching to see the outpouring of love on the slack after rory donald who i know went there and was a friend of john's went to the wake which is always also a mini exhibition it was held at the tintagel bar and bistro Uh, it looked like a really fitting tribute send-off for one of the greats of comics um like probably one of the most amazing and distinctive lines in comics and he worked like we talk about in newspaper strips um he worked in that he worked in 2000 ad tv 21 uh countdown um he worked on the ufo ufo comic strip mission impossible tomorrow people kung fu doctor who space 1999 very well known for modesty blaze which i think is like the most popular comic strip in sweden they've got a shop just dedicated to oa from Modesty blaze when i was out there and just you name it it's been it too, almost too many to mention but a really great artist i know we're all fans of his work and he i know he, he wasn't a young man but it was a shame it's always a shame to lose the greats when they go um so what else have we got so leatherhead library con is coming your way on the 27th of january 9 30 a.m to 5 p.m free entry uh just like your mama uh artists and workshops jesus that's that that's not part of their marketing materials i, I just want they to can use that. it though i'll give it to them yeah yeah, yeah yeah um there's a lot of people we know uh, ex-guests and friends of the show norm conyu uh, nick bryan alex moore House of Harley and Ed Pinson are going to be, and the mighty Dave Broughton's going to be there. Thanks to William Hazel, I just got issue three of Elisa Dark, which is his comic strip, his comic about uh, horror hosts fighting fighting crime and fighting monsters. Uh, it looks amazing, actually. It looks It's like a perfect band A4 magazine size. It looks really lovely. I'm going to get a dig into that this week. What's the other one I had? Oh, two more. Um, like me and all the cool kids, go and sign up for Dan Charnley's new Patreon. Hey. I did that today. Um, you did it, Danny. It's just um, not only is he a great artist, but he is—he's into some twisted shit like me. Um, I asked him for a film recommendation. Man, everyone he watch, he gives me. I watch. Yeah, literally. Um, real sort of grindhouse um, exploitation movie fan, and his art is great. We've had it. We yeah. had him on the show for a few yeah. years ago now. Yeah, yeah. Really good, really good guys. But speak to him readily. Uh, look for Dan's monsters. Um, if you go on it, there's already hours and hours worth of content on there. Some audio content, some um, image content on there already. So go and, go and have a look at that. And the final one I've got is um, for Tribute. So it's for myself. Uh, there's a collection of comics coming from Tribute very soon, which it, it contains material before we started Tribute from me and uh, another eye. So look out for that. I'm quite excited. I know it's uh, Fabi sent me an image of him prepping it the other day. So that'll be coming to you soon as well. I think we'll probably just do a pre-order on that. Nice. There you go. They're, they're uh, the the one that's always going to be coming up is the uh, Lawless uh, 10 Years <laughs> no, Comic Club 2024 in Double Tree by Hilton Hotel Bristol uh, that's from the 25th and 26th of May whole host of ghosts go check that one out at lawlesscomiccon.co.uk you've got issue 22 of Vanguard launches yes. this 24th this Wednesday uh, it'll be the cover on the 24th and then two pages of updates just to get you up to speed I'll also be launching you know, we do these kind of monthly draw-offs now. At the moment, it's January. We're doing Generation X and Gen 13 yeah. characters. We're going to be launching Fan Art Feb, where we're going to be taking sort of characters. Real. And that have, uh, even made by sort of uh, people on our Slack, people on our various socials or characters we fancy drawing. And we're going to be drawing that for the, uh, the month of Feb. And I'm going to be taking the names and suggestions on the 17th as a kind of 
launch the comic and help that sort of you know promo one another so is it um, drawn drawn hyphen today is the channel isn't it on the slack we're, we're yes. they're getting posted at the moment isn't it yeah yeah, yeah cool let's keep that going. wasn't kind of like that this is this kind of come come about as that. yeah that's just where we've been putting yeah. it in that channel mm. yeah yeah cool mm. yep it's nice uh, yeah brilliant that, i think that's it nice. obviously there's a lot more going on in the world but we've only got yeah. limited time to cover it and, yeah. and there's a bit more going on in this show because <laughs> uh, have you got a shout out sorry did you say uh, you had well one? I was going to say the only show I was going to give was to is actually a bit of a call to action as well. In general, it's oh. you, John Burntacon. So, when I made the announcement about quitting the Penguin, the I want to thank every single person that responded to that on again a variety of, uh, of forms of social media. But I did get in excess of fifteen times the number of likes and comments and and stuff than I would on any other standard day. Right. Right. Wow. And all I'm saying is, if you like somebody's work, please like it, please yeah. share it, please yeah. do whatever. Get in a conversation um, about it. Yeah. And um, because it means so much to the person that creates it when you press that button. Not, mm. you know, not just from a right. And then you don't have to do it every day. You don't, you know. Yeah. So um, my, my shout is, is to all those people that, that did it and encouraging more people to do it for other people. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Yeah, there there is power in sharing um, artwork, posts, comics, mm. and stuff. Because Lord knows, I've discovered so many comics just from seeing on a, on a some online feed and just being like, "Bloody hell, that looks amazing!" I need to. Look I mean, that these up. days, how else are we going to find it? Yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. Stuff it's a single shop, finger press of a like yeah. or a retweet. I mean, that's nothing really, surely. Yeah. 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 But yeah. We, we kind of mentioned earlier, like the social media landscape has changed incredibly. I think we built up a lot of listenership for this show when it was. Twitter seems to be in its prime, yeah. but now, fuck me, yeah, it's it's a lot tougher. Yeah, but thank you to everyone that listens, no matter when, yeah, thank where, you. God, yeah. or whoever. Yeah. And you're How? probably you probably or what uh, you're wearing, yeah, well, <laughs> or not. Um, yes. <laughs> but whoever, um, wherever you may be, um, you've probably come here for plenty of comic content and to add to your wish lists for comics to read over the next week month whenever you listen to this mm. show it's time for the recommendations guest always goes first uh i know you got a, cu- a couple else oh, do you want two. Yep. do you want to top and tail us yeah oh, well, i'd like that yeah. i'd like that yeah so um, um what's your first one so i'll start with one that i sort of briefly mentioned earlier on where I want us to go back to the 1970s and 80s where the US was still a far off land to many of us that read comics at that point in time. And you'd be reading a comic and suddenly you would come across something in the middle of it that made no sense and seemed exotic and seemed, oh, this is fascinating what this is. And those were adverts for hostess snacks. Yes. Right? Which are basically mm. Twinkies and fruit pies. Now, all the American listeners are going, this is rubbish. <laughs> These are not exotic snacks. These are, um, you oh, know, I craved one. I wanted just one. Oh, yeah. Because you, you, you didn't know what it was. Three you know? yeah. yeah. Musketeers bar. I mean, what the fuck's oh. that? That was a Milky Way, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. I don't know. No, Three so, Musketeers so. is not a Milky Way, I don't think. I thought it was anyway. like a version where they had anyway, anyway, Milky Way. Anyway, <laughs> Shall we stick to the book? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I, I have it in my hand. Hang on. <laughs> um, I have in my hand the unofficial DC Comics Hostess Snacks Ads Collection, which is a 60-page book. 
um, that is basically the size of a commando book, if, if that, or so slightly larger than than A6, um, and has basically most of the adverts for Hostess cupcakes and Twinkie cakes and Hostess fruit pies then that appeared in those comics covering the period of helpfully lists them at the back action comics 448 through 529 and a number from dc and from detective comics a number from various others these are these are part of the archaeology of 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 comics because mm-hmm. if you go on the apps now and you're reading a book from way back then it doesn't have any of this you know I still don't know, really know what a sea monkey is. Right? <laughs> well, grit. <laughs> grit was the other one, wasn't it? You know, Selling grit. And so this book, as I say, it's it's each one of these pages is a comic story it's on right about the penguin or Wonder Woman or Batman or Aquaman or whoever. And it's some bizarre thing happens and oh everything resolved at the end because they're eating a Twinkie. Um and I just thought this is a, a lovely little book of going Here's something that we used to have in comic. Now, I will freely admit that when you were reading an old comic like that and suddenly you turned the page and there was, you're going, oh, I'm reading the Batman comic. Oh, suddenly Superman's turned up. What's this all about? And then you go, oh, no, no, it's the, the hostess advert. That's whatever. And so it can trip you up. But I, from an archaeological perspective, I just think it's something that, that, that it's worth people having a... Or yeah. having an awareness of and, and saying look, this is out there. It's yeah, published by yeah, it's published by Ty- Trident Studios at Trident Studios um, on Instagram. Um, they do say it's entirely unauthorized and unauthorized reproduction. Um, <laughs> it's fourteen dollars. Uh, they also do a number of other books that collect things like the mini mini comics that came with the superpowers toys. Oh, yeah. um, and I picked up some of those as well. Um, and it's you know, pretty good production quality in terms of how they've, they've pulled it together. The only thing that's missing from the book is a list of the actual artists who drew a lot of this work. Um, but then again, they were never credited in the actual books and in the actual artists, in the actual adverts in the first place. But it is people like um, Dick Giordano, uh, Ross Ardu, Kurt Swan. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure um, Garcia Lopez must be one of them as well. Um, but yeah, as a point in time and a, as a historical document, I think it's worth um, worth checking out. Yeah, nice. I, I, I used to love. I mean, I, I I get a kick out of like when when I go to a comic mart or pick up an old comic now, just seeing those old adverts. I remember seeing this. It's, it, it, there's a weird, well, it's, it's, different it's culture. It makes yeah. me spend more money. Mm. Yeah, I was me and Al were talking about Mike Girl the other day, and I suddenly was was leaving through an old issue of Warlord or a DC comic, and I noticed that they did Warlord and Hercules Unbound action figures I'd forgotten about. So mm. I'm straight on eBay. I'm thinking, why am I about to spend forty five pounds? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 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 I bought a Blake Seven communicator wristband the other day, three D printed. What am I doing with my life? You oh, posted fifty six like, years old. That? <laughs> 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 At least it wasn't the no, uh, no. the gun. The gun was much more um, worrying. Yeah. Uh, if you ever see the uh, the gun from Blake Seven? Anyway. Yeah, just buy yourself a curling tong from the seventies. You got one anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I've I can't really talk because on my bookmarks bar, 
there's a uh, site that's selling a replica of Robocops or 09. <laughs> occasionally look at and think, yeah, one day. One yeah. day. Yeah. One How much day. is that? How much is it? 58 quid. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's not too bad. Not they, too bad, is to, it? To comply with like the law, there's a little orange cap on the end. So it's like, uh, it's not really. Uh, you have well, to in, that silver, in, won't you? In the, uh, the, the specs, is that like you can just take that off? you've only got 20 seconds to comply anyway um (laughs) next tony you've got two as well haven't you i have i got a bit emotional over this first one it's the one i sort of um talked a little bit about earlier it's um eagles of rome book six fucking eagles of rome is great eagles of rome i think might be my favorite marini series it's a difficult one but i think it might be and um he's been hinting i've been watching his instagram of him drawing stuff there's a particular scene that i remember he did like he does like little videos marini doesn't he on his instagram of him painting because he, he hand paints everything um of a woman taking uh, showing her tits to the gladiators in it and uh, that appears in this book and I'm like, yes i've watched this being made um we've had him on the show don't forget as well enrico he's been on there always says hello to me yes. i see him at um on Glen, which is lovely absolute rock star in france marini we don't realise, do we? we? I know he's done yeah. those Batman books over here, but we don't quite realise what a fucking Lord of the Manor he is over there. Yeah. Uh, and an absolute master of what he does. I love watching his stuff. If I, I post a lot of the stories on our, those that don't know, on our Instagram. I don't know the password for it now, all that blah. But the I, I post a lot of the stories, and there's daily there'll be a Marini one pop up, because he does put a lot up on there, actually. Yeah. So... He- a lot of his oh, sort of like like the watercolors or the ink washes and stuff that he did oh. on um was it is it Viper no no it's not Viper was it was Viper it, was... yeah he did Viper didn't he yeah and he did, he, he's got sort of four or five that sort of come and go a bit yeah you yeah. know that the um but th- this one I think he's quite fond of this is actually got a, he gave me after the interview he gave me one of the posts the comic shop posters for this and on the back of it he sketched um one of the characters so I do have a bit of original Marini art now but you try and buy it. See now, fucking yeah. try and get yourself a shadow of him out. Of course, you, I know you yeah. can afford it, obviously, but uh, <laughs> you have to sell one of the sports cars. But the uh, yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, the story. So Rome is in a period of violent change. In fact, it opens with the the enemy of the dis- recently deceased Emperor Augustus being murdered by Roman soldiers, um, specifically by this bald and super vicious centurion called Crispus. And we see, then we go to Augustus's funeral and the schemers and the Machiavellian activity of, you know, the the politicians and the senators of Rome is really ramping up. And the new um, emperor is Tiberius, and he is not a man of uh, of much strength, um, sort of. He, he's, he's a bit weak, and his mother, who is kind of looks part hag, part soothsayer, she's guiding his decisions. And she's the one who you really see, the sort of, as they say in June, the plans within plans. Um, she is called for Lucas Aurelius, who arrives to swear loyalty to Tiberius, but we feel he doesn't mean it. Um, and he's named the Praetorian Prefect, nevertheless. And then we head to the Colosseum, and there's a new masked um, gladiator there, and he's so proficient. He's just this is his first time in Rome. He's been, you know, in the movie Gladiator, he sort of fights in the the lower leagues, doesn't he, before he gets yeah. put in the main arena. And this, I think, this has happened to him. And this this black masked. Um, uh, gladiator comes through and he, he the 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 prefect says well put three in there with him because he seems like pretty hard so they put three and he does them all but this the fight scene takes quite a few pages and is glorious absolutely brilliant and at the end of it um 
you know he's standing over the the last the last victim you know with his 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 sword hovering and in that situation you get the thumbs up or the thumbs down from the person controlling the arena you know like the, yeah, whoever yeah. it is the senator and he just kills him anyway before the senator has the chance to do that which is a massive insult and he takes his mark mask off and it's marcus it's one of the two brothers who we've seen throughout the series right and he's changed he's really changed he's battle-worn he's he's sort of kind of more sullen emotionless cold and he's got that real killer instinct he's just he's just a machine in the you sort of saw a little bit in the, the lead-up books to this that he was probably the the weaker of the two brothers and that changes in this book you won't ruin it but he's got the gladiatorial name of mermillo and he, that's being chanted by the crowds but it turns out that he's not in the traditional sense like a slave as a lot of these gladiators were they were controlled weren't they kept in the you know kept in you know they weren't allowed to wander the city they weren't free men he is he just wants to do this there's a right. death wish element to him you know Fucking hell. and morphia is the dark haired we've seen her before she's the wife of one of the senators and um she has this this slave called caber and him and marcus fought together in germania and they're they're kind of on off allies rivals it's an interesting dynamic but it turns out that the germanian brother do you remember the blonde brother who was adopted yeah. from the he's uh arminius he's back as well and he's changed he's also he's got a beard and a, a plaited ponytail and he's like he's see he's seeking the crowd of the crown of germania and you see him his aims and his intentions and duplicitousness he's using women for sex and then controlling them and you see it's beginning to take that balance where you see who's good and who's bad but in different ways it's really mm. interestingly done and this ends up in a confrontation to, between the two brothers which i sent you the you to the vincent dan i sent it to you as well god yeah out of the it. um the yeah. fight and a fight there's a chase fight oh it's brilliant talk about the, one of the best kicks in the faces i've ever seen <laughs> just <laughs> glorious um how the do, thing how, is, so how do you how are they going to end this story about like Will one of them kill the other one, or yeah, you makes... kind of feel like that at the moment? Yeah, how's really. Gonna, does how's it going to play out? Yeah, yeah. And and what would be what will happen in Rome? A big part of the story is what is going on in Rome as well. Hmm. Who's there's the real, there's this massive power play going on. Um, I've got to get next week. I've got to get the physical copy of this because as much as we love Europe comics and we wouldn't have this if it wasn't for them, there's some double page spreads that I'm massively missing out on. Hmm. There's just incredible the funeral scenes the coliseum hmm. how long it took him must have taken him to draw that i don't know um the gladiatorial fight in itself is just incredible it's just brilliant um i think this may be one of the best best drawn comics i've seen in a long long time um nice. but it's an absolute fucking crime that there isn't an english language translation of these books what is going on uh, I mean, there's a lot of tat out there. At the this moment. seems to be like a lot of big country companies, you know. But money sitting yeah. there, like unclaimed, like what? Yeah. If you printed this, there people would buy it. I mean, when last time I saw Marini, he walked he walk, he, with a bit of an on, he, he walked past me in um, Anglem and, and stopped and said hello, like super nice to me. I was blown away. But he had like fucking ten minders around him. Right. You know, he's like it's like a massive deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Come on, what are you doing? Come on, guys, yeah. get get this stuff out there. It's just madness. So that's my first one. 
I know it's a bit bit more, more mainstream than I normally do, but he, I, I couldn't because it just it just loved it. This made my morning yesterday morning. I mean, just I mean fucking you, blew me away. I mean, you say mainstream, but you know, and I think what you said about Marine. I suppose uh, not here. Yeah, yeah it, it's yeah. one of those. Um, I think a lot of um, US and UK audiences. That's the only ones I can, I can talk to at the moment. But I I think about this. For instance, the European artists, much like we're not aware of how huge they are much like the manga artists and stuff like that you yeah. you, you kind yeah. of because it's manga's got more of a foothold foot at the moment yeah. but when you think that france is only what 22 miles away you yeah. think there would be something we could do about yeah. that bit of it as well yeah people are screaming out for good content these days yeah and there's more books on the shelves than there ever has been why are some of them not these books yeah 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 it'd be fascinating yeah, there you go, and it's double sized as well. This one, so it's eight yeah. eight pages, so it's a longer it's a longer read. Can't and, wait for book seven. Can't yeah, wait for it. And these sort of books are fascinating, also from a historical um, yeah. aspect. You know, is is there some sort of angle to get them into some sort of curriculum? You know, that kind of thing. You know, it just there's a lot like, of boning in these babes. Well, uh, yeah, well, throughout history, there has been a lot of boning, Tony. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You know, people yeah. have to be aware of it. I'm not saying give it to your four-year-old for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, if they were oh, in the secondary school library and like it got word of what was in them, all the fucking yeah, everyone would be reading. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's good though. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah but this is where there has to be. There, see, this is what annoys me about some of this as the way we treat all these things, because there's also interim books that mm. are suitable yeah. for that that library, so that you can then say these sorts of books do get into bookshops. They don't even need to be into comic book shops so that people can go, well, fine, I was reading this in school, so I now want to read this. When I've oh, been man, this, my... yeah. this, this is fine for it. Yeah, this is fine. No. For me, fifth, sixth, fifth and sixth form is fine for fine. me, man. Yeah, but yeah. Even so, but I'm saying that, that there is all those interest. There are other... We know there are good books out there, as you say. It, yeah, it's, it's... yeah. Yeah, but especially yeah. by this dude, because yeah. I'm, I'm desperate to try and meet him again and get my, the next one sketched in as well. Just, yeah. dear nice. God. Yeah, that's my first one, guys. Speaking of Uncle M. He is. He's done. Yeah. He's, he's, put his, he's put his badge up online because he's drawn himself as a pirate in the photograph. Mm. Yeah. Nice. There you go. Sure. Nice. <laughs> uh, speaking of more good books, Dan, what's your recommendation this week? Uh, I've, got, I've got a quick one. Uh, I was walking past London, London Bridge to go to the post office to send uh, Al's book. And there was like people outside celebrating, like come oh, worship, yeah. come worship Jesus. And there was a guy handing out leaflets, and I kind of got stuck, so I took one, looked down, and it's uh, a chick comic. And I, I fucking span around like instantly, and I was like, "Can I have another <laughs> one?" And like he, he had already given another one to my mate, and he went, "No, just read that one." I was like, "Are oh, you bastard?" Because I wanted to read both, obviously. So I yeah. don't know if you, you guys are. I'm sure most of our audience have seen these before, but they're like kind of a, a, a morality play with these kind of cheap little comics that you you kind of read through, and it kind of reaches that you. So uh, when you yeah. said like, do you say it was a chick comic? Yeah, that's what they're called. That's the company yeah. that produced them. So right, www.chick.com, and they produce kind of these religious comics that you can buy on bulk, and they they give out as kind of like a on the street to kind of like preach the, the gospel and uh this one i've got it's called party girl and a quick summation <laughs> of it is uh there's a girl kind of going out partying and satan's like yeah i'm gonna fucking kill her because her, her grandmother worships god so 
she wakes up uh 4 a.m and god says uh you gotta go and warn your your granddaughter she's in trouble and i was instantly like you're not gonna do anything then so this this whole woman's got to stand up against <laughs> the machinations of satan on her own no help you just got and yeah, she she goes down to new orleans to try and say and say oh yeah like you better watch out love saying after <laughs> and uh she's got like a drink on the go and there's this really weird bloke that looks a bit like ron jeremy if he had his hair cut sort of like partying with her. And, and she's like oh i've had enough of this i'm going they've been watching too much porn the eyes this haven't they and uh the guy picks up her drink and he's like absolutely furious he's like i'm not gonna let her drink go to waste drinks it immediately dies <laughs> <laughs> okay okay and also yeah I had, a good, I had a good laugh reading that i had to try and get the other one off my mate and then uh give that a go but the real book i'm going to be recommending this week is uh a gift from uh tom stewart from that comic smell and it's the comic book story of beer the world's favorite beverage from 7000 bc today's craft brewing revolution and uh i wasn't sure to make of this because you know, I'm uh, obviously a borderline alcoholic. A drink, <laughs> yeah. Most days, you got real, real issues, Dan. We got real, big things. issues. Mm. So, <laughs> so uh, this is kind of essentially it, it does what it says on the tin. It's a comic book look through beer from where it first came into sort of like uh, when they when humanity found it to to relatively light up to modern day, and you think, well, how is this going to be pretty kind of sterile and oh then this happened then this happened and this happened here it's really interesting because it, it ties it in with kind of like pol politics and religion and how uh beer is used basically because it uh through the process of like boiling the water and and, and making the beer it's uh really safe to drink unlike water at the time so everyone would be drinking beer all the time that was the drink you go to even kids we're not talking like you're giving kids like five percent fucking stella oh yeah it's yeah, really, yeah. really really watered down version. Yeah. Oh, great uh, great childhood oh, new addington or something like that <laughs> but uh it's interesting like going back to the, the religious thing they they it appears they went through the bible at one point and stripped out references to beer because right. it's been with us humanity like almost the world over in some form or other and it's just been seen gone through and just like removed uh there's supposition in the book that uh when obviously the romans were a lot more into wine and the grape and they didn't like beer they thought it was like a peasant drink and drinks that barbarians had so there might have been some tampering there to remove references uh it's just it's fascinating that all the way through it like just little bits and bobs and tidbits of information and stuff right that's amazing I, I didn't think of that like it predominantly it was uh something that women did ale wives and they were like the go-to people of uh making beer brewing brewing selling beer it was not something men did at all and then at a certain point when kind of it got a bit more business related men sort of stepped in and just pushed women out of it completely and it's just interesting stuff like that i mean the uh artwork yeah, it's great it's done by what's the chap's name uh mike smith oh sorry art by aaron mcconnelly uh written by jonathan hennessy and mike smith they've done a couple of other books like this uh, one with video games 
uh, a few other bits and bobs. Uh, there's some nice sort of panel layout design where they've kind of like uh, tried to ink, imagine like infographic style stuff, working yeah. that in. Some of it is quite dry, uh, like the beers, where you get to introduce <laughs> a beer and there's a whole kind of page talking about like meet the beer, Lambic. And it feels like if you was at a, in a pub and you had like one of the real wild twats like talking to you about this beer. Like, okay, yeah, cheers, He's just yeah, fucking yeah. just throwing it out. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? It's like th those pages were a slog to get through, but generally like the the whole rest of the book, I was just like, oh man, this is great. Loving this. And it, if you kind of got an interest in it at all, I think there's something in it. Even not like giving it a read. I, I, I found it fascinating. I just blazed through it. really enjoyed it. So uh, thank you, Tom. Go and check that out. You nice can, one. You can, uh, pick it up. I think it's one of those books you'd be able to pick up in pretty much any bookshop. It, it's got that kind of feel to it. Do you know what I mean? Mm, it's not yeah. like you wouldn't go to a comic shop to get it, even though they might stock it. But you could pick it up in the Waterstones or your choice of bookstore, wherever that nice. may be. <laughs> nice. Nice. Okay. My one. Um, first, uh, uh, honorable mention to second issue of Our Bones Dust by Ben Stenbeck, uh, Dave Stewart, colorist, Russ Wharton on... Oh, I've got to get on this. I haven't read this yet. Um, without any spoilers, it's just a, a glorious, beautiful, post-apocalyptic, weird, epic, sci-fi book. Um, I'm loving it. Roll on issue three. Um, I think it is a, a quite a short, limited series. But, yeah, um, I'm just thoroughly impressed, so I just wanted to give a shout-out to that one. But my um, recommendation for this week is issue one. Um, that I purchased all the way back in September um, and it, it sort of sat in the to read pile on my digital library for a while um, and then I read it thoroughly enjoyed it um, and recently I went back to the series I thought oh yeah I want to read more of that there's something about it got its hooks into me I'll try the second issue six issue uh, the rest of the series later which was another five issues that I, I just absolutely rinsed um, and I was left thinking wow and so I'm recommending issue one of the Enfield Gang Massacre um, by Image Comics it's weird um, you say this I've seen this pop up virtually all week yeah. on the socials really really yeah, right. loads the, of it loads of it has the trade just come out I think isn't it uh, is that right the, the final issue just recently came out right uh, okay. and if uh, digitally if you want to go back and pick up um, one to five they like uh, one one pound seventy digital issues. Are they yeah. interlocking covers? The, the, Is that right? Yeah, the whole covers. I, I noticed this when I certainly when I brought up on my iPad the thumbnails of the cover, and you can see issue one joins to issue six on both the right and the left. So it's oh, an man, entire. That's great. That's so cool. cool. And uh, the, the issue one cover as well. I mean everything about this book. Um, is Pulp Western, and uh, this is a mini series. I mean, I'm I'm sort of piggybacking. It's an issue one that I'm recommending, but the whole series was phenomenal. This is uh, that Texas Blood, um, which duo of Chris Condon and uh, Jacob Phillips. Um, I've heard of that Texas Blood, the image image book. Yeah, I've read the first few of that. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, I haven't read any of that, so this was a completely different thing. But they uh, returned to Ambrose County. Uh, Texas with a miniseries set 150 years in the past 
Uh, gunslinging action meets dark frontier drama in this original western thriller as Montgomery Enfield and his gang of outlaws find themselves in the crosshairs of an aging Texas ranger and a newborn county that's hungry for law. I was sort of aware of uh, issue one way back when it first came out because there was a lot of buzz around. There was a lot of uh, certainly pros and industry people sort of saying this is great, you know, this this looks good. The cover itself immediately appealed to me because it felt like a an old pulp western novel cover. Do you know what I mean? It, it, yeah, it, yeah, yeah and, yeah. and everything about this book, I haven't read the printed copies, but it looks like it's printed on um that old paper do you know what i mean that, like the old, paper yeah. yeah um and this is like a, a story of a gang i mean the spoilers in the title come on <laughs> it's it's a western that focuses on this outlaw gang who are chased down um, by a texas ranger and things may not be what they seem but the characterization in this and the build-up in intention like i was it may may sound like uh, it's a big statement to say this might be the best western book i've ever read wow okay yeah mm. in terms of it felt like it it's a great western do you know what i mean when we think of those classic western stories that we've seen and seen on film um and you know or you read a novel of there is intensity, there's heartbreak, there's characterization. There, there is a lot of, you know, you get emotionally invested in these characters. It's a brutal landscape as well. You know, you, you, when people get taken out in this book, they get brutally taken out. And it all hinges around um, the first issue, you're introduced to the Enfield gang. They turn up at this bank, and um, uh, Montgomery Enfield is a sort of a wisecracking outlaw you know he, he, and his gang are you know they, they're just almost fun loving even though they, you, you kind of reminded these are outlaws they're not nice people but they immediately have character and then a murder takes place in the town that they keep robbing over and over again they keep robbing yeah, they the brought, same i place. remember they keep robbing this same bank and they, this is right and the, t the teller keeps going oh fuck's sake not yeah. again yeah, yeah that's yeah, right yeah, I remember yeah for saying, instance oh, like, yeah, like yeah. They, t they turn up and like the panel here is like you know these outlawed days are numbered you know it's time to go go straight you're, or you're as good as dead this community is hungry for law there's talk ugly talk it's bill i'll see you next month and as he's walking out with a massive bag of money <laughs> and the last pages are tarnation i love it when people <laughs> you don't hear tarnation enough these days do no you? we should bring it back um you know and montgomery like enfield is also known because he's got a cool sort of scar on his face as well but it, contrary to the sort of popular belief he's not the meanie that outlaws have this reputation of and like you know when we when we see these um these stories of outlaws and you get to know them and you you see that you know to to everyone else they're a gang of cutthroats out robbers and murderers but when you spend time with them they're almost like a family they know each other mm. um and you follow these people as they are a murder happens in the town a brutal murder um, the first issue is called The Bad Death of Bill Barley, um, who is um, someone that works in the town. And this gets pinned on the Enfield gang. And because it's so brutal, um, this is a this is not all ages book. Um, 
it's so brutal and the only sort of survivor of it dies before they can say you know they say oh bill barley's dead and he collapses it's a very public scene it's even got that wonderful sort of western drama to it the way that happens is there's this old former ranger who won't get involved because the town has a and we, we're talking a sort of a, a sam oh what's his name i want to say neil but it's not neil who's the the was in tombstone um sam is it, is it elliot Elliot? Oh, he is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, this, this ranger's like him. You know, you can tell he's a badass, but he's not going to get involved, you know, because the town has its own sheriff. And when this figure step, steps through the door, bleeding and saying that Bill, Bar- uh, Bill Barley's dead, and this figure passes away shortly afterwards, this badass ranger, former ranger, is like, okay, I'll hunt them down. And so you've got a force of nature immediately hunting this gang down. And from there, it just it just builds and builds and builds and builds um, to the point of you. It, it it plays out a mystery as well, which I loved about it. That because I was just thinking, you kind of think, oh, the law are after them, but they're after them in in a way that's like we're just going to kill them all. This isn't about bringing them back. We're just gonna we're gonna hunt them down and literally massacre every single one of them. Um, and that creates a. a f- fascinating sort of reading experience as you're with the bad guys as like you know the the supposed justice of the west of this changing world as well because it is set at that time in the wild west where those sort of things are happening it's just coming down uh, and i absolutely when i started issue two and i got back into the story it was it was about a month or so between issue one and issue two okay um, and I thought, okay, I picked it up pretty quickly where I was. And then at the end of every issue, I was like, I've got to know what happens next. Okay, right, okay, what's going to happen next? Oh, God, what that happened? What's happening in the next issue? It was, it was binge worthy. <laughs> that was, I was just kept going. And also the fact that because the issues had been out a couple of months, the, the price had dropped. It was, I only paid full price on the final issue. And that's because I had to know. Because I was like, I've got to see how this this turns out. Um, and without any spoilers, the the finale was very very satisfying, and I and it gave me mixed emotions. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything by saying what those emotions are, but just a brilliantly crafted Western tale. I like it as well because that Texas blood is obviously. It, it's it's already got its own story that's going on. I mean, I've got to check out some of this now. Um, I did put a post on social media just sort of saying, wow. And uh, Chris Condon um, was like, thank you very much. And- I don't know what this um, uh, Jacob Phillips has in his breakfast, but he's doing all these books. And he's also colouring the um, Brubaker Phillips, uh, his dad's book, isn't he, as well? Bloody hell. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Do they do two graphic novels a year, those two. I mean, the art, yeah. the, the artwork's phenomenal. And it does have that sort of real-worldy feel. It, this sort of art that, like you say, Sean Phillips alike as well, the words feel lived in. Um, which yeah. is Which, um, especially for a Western book, a, mo- a modern Western comic, really does help, especially if you're telling this sort of tale. The individual issues have back matter, um, newspaper clippings, uh, letters from um, the writer as well. Um, talking about the the history of the time, um, fictionalized or not. Um, but if you get on this, you know whether it's the collection, it's just well worth it. Uh, it was a real surprise to me um, 
you know and i th- i think in some ways the covers look so perfect in terms of the way that you know the way that they they look the way that they're so pulpy they look to me like lobby cards yeah so they yeah. got that wide you know they look like a still from the movie almost. yeah yeah exactly yeah, exactly it's like yeah. a painting i i i kept thinking that looks like a famous actor. Do you know what I mean? It's that not an yeah, actual actor, that, but they're, but they're yeah. sort of like you know, it feels real. Um, yeah, I felt like Lee Van Cleef might have turned up in issue one. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, but obviously, it it does that wonderful thing of the the, the covers, lo- you know, matching up. And I think some people may have overlooked it because the covers have that nature of being interlinking. Um, you know that people might sort of glance past it because it's so it looks so pulpy they've got the tone of it so unbelievably perfect that i think there's people who may not think they like this kind of book they're missing out on an absolutely amazing comic do you know what well, i mean, I mean by it's that? his image again yeah. this is image, it's, it's image it's image but the interesting thing is image uh, is in the top right uh, corner the image sort of eye um and you kind of you don't notice it it's that right. Texas Blood logo, okay. which is in the left, which made me think I was a dumbass when I first got this series. <laughs> I honestly thought that Texas Blood was the publisher. So I've been on a whole learning experience <laughs> since this. Um, but And just as a, a, a design geek as well, the actual credits page on the in- interior cover um, looked like a... And if you've played Red Dead Redemption 2 or any sort of game like that, it looks like that you've got both of the, the creators' names on a a gun page like as if you were like going to be purchasing a gun and getting it posted to you it's hard what, like the dark web yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um no not as flashy as that uh, um but just like that design like in, in the old west days if they had those old sort of catalogs oh i want to buy my winchester rifle blah 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 you'd have a little picture of the rifle with some talking about the the ammunition and the credits page looks like one of those and i'm like oh that just looks you know i'm a sucker for things like that so yeah drawn in by the package yeah yeah (laughs) you you know me that's why i like you so much but the enfield uh, gang massacre uh the highest of recommendations if there's any western fans who haven't heard of it please check it out and if you just want just damn good storytelling check it out and that's my one okay tony do you want to do your second one yeah, my second one is Home Free Issue 1, Out of the Fog. It's written by John Katke, art by Michelle Lodge. Letters Eduardo Camucho, Coffee Time Comics. Looks like it was crowdfunded, this one. I can You can always tell, can't you, because it's got the list of thank yous in the back. So I'm going to say I think it's four issues so far with the fifth one on the way. Um, so the story for this one, this is another global comics reader of mine, by the way. He, they put it in the crime section. But there is a there's a rub up for this that is a, it's clearly a crime book, but there's also a slice of life thing going on, which is well done. Not always it's a subject we often have a laugh about, don't we? But this this is done quite well. The story opens with two women and they're sitting at the bar in the Earl's Pub in a rundown section of an American town. Shops either side are boarded up. There's a beggar in the street outside. You can tell it's, it's it gives that noirish quality to it. Sarah is at appearances a little bit more sorted. She's a little cleaner. She has short, more kept dark hair um and there's a scar down the right side of her face she's um but there's a darkness to her as well you can tell there's something they're in they're sitting in this shit old bar you don't really know what's going on with them um emmy who's the other woman has long unwashed badly dyed you get the impression blonde hair 
she's got a pair of heart-shaped sunglasses on the top of her head um big hoop earrings and a very obvious black eye she's like there's there's a certain bammer quality to her from true romance if you get me is that mm, yeah, yeah yeah uh sarah breaks the silence of them sitting at the bar and she says do you get hit a lot because she's sitting the woman next to her is singing and emmy's uh, initially quite hostile but the pair get talking um and it turns out that Sarah is an ex-prostitute herself and she got herself out and she recognises her own self in Emmy at the bar. And they're both they're both awfully broken people. But the difference is that Sarah did something about it and she got out of the game. Um, but this isn't um this isn't done over a couple of pages, this conversation, this dynamic appears. It's it's a, it is genuinely really allowed to develop in a naturalistic and nuanced way. It would be easy, certain comic writers would do that in a page, wouldn't they? Um, but they discuss it. They talk about their lives. Um, there's, there's some lovely writing in this. The arms of men can be comfortable place, easy, but that's before they start to squeeze. I thought that was a lovely line. Really like that. Um, there's some genuine, ge- generally there's some really well-written dialogue and you get a hint from a TV over their heads. There's this extra element to it that you don't see come out really until you get into the further issues. But there's something going on in America. There's an escalation from lawful protest to violence that seems to be also familiar, all, all too familiar these days but it's something else that's going on and that's hinted at in issue one and explored further i'm only going to review issue one but it's, it's explored further in later issues and we get a turning point and emmy it's it's really well done turning point so they they leave the bar they're talking about their lives and and sarah's trying to say to emmy you know think about yourself think about what's happening to yourself and there's just this single image of emmy reaching out and holding sarah's hand and it's a real turning point in the book. It's a really interesting dynamic, a really interesting way of doing it without saying you're doing it. And they, they begin to talk about how they're going to get out. Emmy's family are in Idaho. Sarah's family, or so she says, have all died. And um, they were forced to sleep on the streets and stuff as a kid. But Emmy actually has what is a genuinely normal life waiting for her back in Idaho. And she says she's one thing she wants to get um, before she escapes. the the clutches of this pimp she wants to get this necklace um which she has left in her hotel like motel room so they go back to the motel room and they're they're searching and she can't find it she's in her room they they climbed in the window so nobody would see them and they're they're, they're looking searching desperately for this necklace and they can't find it and suddenly there's a tap at the window and it's the pimp tapping on the window with the necklace and then it all goes to hell the story goes to hell the story goes in in something like badlands and true romance and these sort of comics Mm. sorry movies it, it follows that sort of similar track where the the pimp attacks them the pink is this, this horrible man but you you begin to get the sense of why she was with him he he is a manipulator he's playing with her emotions he's saying to her how safe he'd be why don't you come back to me and but also there's that th- threat throughout of his dialogue with her really well handled and then something happens at the end of the first issue that changes their lives and they have to then run and um it's a lovely issue i think as a single issue it works completely for me i think mm. if this had all they'd ever done i would go okay i like that it's well written well made um just um michelle's art black and white on it um it reads personality it reads emotion and it reads a, a, reads a real sense of realism to the characters nobody is the beautiful people in it yeah. um but it also makes it gripping um really lovely gripping interactions I and mean, it's hard to keep um 
attention for something that's just two people talking but it's done in a really interesting way it's done in a way where the implications of what they're doing and what they're saying match up at the same time and the hold, hand holding and the walking and the, then you you find that they're it's wrong to say they're falling in love because they're not there's not there's no element there's no hint of that but there, there's a this bond that they build and it's a hard thing to build up in 22 pages but he manages it along with michelle's art it's lovely um this is ge genuinely what i live for in small press i think it's where small press can can live and breathe mm. is this wouldn't probably make a monthly image dc marvel comic but it's where small press needs to live it, you know and the relationships and the reactions of people to each other really lovely um there are three more issues there's a fifth one on the way um uh, coffee time comics you can find them go and look for them i, I read mine on global comics i know there's quite a few people who have joined global comics rob and um nick and a few other people i speak to on there about it as well so go and find it um and i can't wait for the last one to come out it's just a good solid small press book it's nice a bit different, which is what nice we want. Awesome. that's my next one home free awesome okay. alan take us home okay so again lining up coincidences which is I'm going to talk about a book that was originally published in French, oh. yet was translated and then actually published in the UK. Oh. Um, and it's The Hartlepool Monkey um, <laughs> by Wilfred Lupano and Jeremy Muro. So written about a British event as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and published by, by Knockabout. I'll come back to, to the fact that Knockabout don't get talked about enough. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the story of the book is set during the Napoleonic Wars where in a, in a stormy evening a, a boat sink or a big ship sinks um, just off the uh, the coast of Hartlepool and at daybreak the, the fishermen discover a survivor who is dressed in the full military regalia um, now the, the people of Hartlepool they all despise Frenchmen uh, though they've never seen one in the flesh nor have they ever seen a monkey. And what they've actually found is the mascot that was on the boat who was dressed up to look um, in the uh, with the full regalia. Now, what happens next is basically the, the jingoism of the, the town takes over and they end up court-martialing the actual monkey. And because he, you know, they, they believe that all Frenchmen are hairy, so he's hairy. They, you know, he doesn't speak a word of English, so he must be a Frenchman. And um, various other events conspire, and ultimately they end up hanging the monkey in, in terms of, you know, that, that's the result of the court-martial. And throughout the story as well, there's a, a doctor who is passing through Hartlepool um, on, the, on his way to London. Sorry, coming from London, going to, I think it's Newcastle. Um, and it, he, he, he's... Um, transport are broken down and therefore he's, he's waiting for the wheel to be fixed and, and, and the carriage and he's basically going but this is madness what's going on here you know but of course everybody within the town just is, is focused on well we don't like the french and we don't like this that, that. and it, it, it's it's such a parable to so many other things that are going on today um and it, it's just a really interesting sort of take on that the art style is ideal for anybody that's a fan of either Gerald Scarf or Ronald Searle um, nice. in that it's it's very inky and painty and quite um, quite cartoonish but still you know very good in terms of the, the actual 
structure of the of the human body etc um and i just thought it was a real fun read now this is a book that i bought i'm gonna say at a lakes convention i can't remember exactly when okay. because it's one of these things that i bought they always do the lakes the and knock about yeah yeah put the shelf forgot it was there and it eventually made it to the top of the pile of it must be read and it was with a great delight i opened it and find it was actually signed to myself with a um a lovely little painting inside it not forgotten it was there so you know it was a great uh great rediscovery um so they published by knockabout who are a uk publisher of so a lot of the underground books in some ways that are perhaps a, a little bit more elevated than than the the raw they did it from hell at one point didn't they 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 did from hell they did a lot of the gilbert shelton um yeah Fat freddy's cat the freak brothers um bringing that into the uk um they've done a number of other alan moore books as well i think they actually are now responsible brought to light is that right uh, that sure. I don't know, um, yeah. but they, they do the Legal Extraordinary Gentleman and they yeah. published the Bo Jeffries saga, um, saga that you and I discussed. Of course, they did. Yeah, I was trying to remember that. Yeah. Um, and they, they also do an awful lot of work with um, Hunt Emerson. Oh, yeah, that's what I was trying to remember. Yeah, they do loads of this stuff. They put all this stuff out. I love Hunt Emerson's work. Yeah. yeah. So they've done that Yardy PC Yardy book as well, which yeah, is the, the right. comics laureate guy. Yeah. 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 So I would certainly recommend to people to you know make sure they check out Knockabout Press and don't forget about them as a as one of the UK publishers that's worth being looked at. This book again is as I say is a very interesting read from both. It's it's it's, it's got a very good historical context. It is applicable to the current world scenario, um, and the art is absolutely gorgeous in it. And it proves that you can publish a book in France in French, and then a year later, publish it in the UK in English as a nice hardback book that would be sit on the sh- you know, could, that could sit on anybody's shelf and be read by anybody there you go there's my summary nice work man nice Good. nice can I, can I just say awesome. that speaking speaking of kickstarters I know we were earlier the penguin has just hit 337 percent the hey. penguin the bell go back in nice there you nice go. there you Good go show. what a celebration yeah. nobody's picked up on the uh, the very rude joke that I've I've done with that of course because <laughs> it, it, it is the bell end of the of the pen. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, wish I did. Okay. <laughs> um, go on, and, go and back it. Go and check out all those comics we talked about. There's an awful lot of brilliant stuff for you to read this week. So uh, we won't apologise because people reading great comics is what we're all about. And thank you for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed this penguin flavored celebration with all that other information and joy and stuff to learn to boot we we give you we give you the content you want and you deserve you do deserve it because normally you have to sit through me you better Dan want it tony just absolutely just talking <laughs> shite um but if there's anything you want us to discuss on future episodes if you have any uh, comics based um, events, charity drives, anything in particular you want us to give a shout out to. There's several different ways you can get in touch with us. You can email us awesomecomicspod at gmail.com on social media, on X or whatever it's going to be called, uh, wherever. Um, we are at the awesome pod on Instagram. We're at awesomecomicspod where we'll be posting that. Well done, Vince. You got that right. Comics. Yep. Thank you, Tony. Um, I knew you were there to help me just in case I forgot. Thank fuck you didn't ask me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
and uh, <laughs> thank you for listening to us whether it was on the website awesomecomics.podbean.com if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts subscribe leave a review it helps get the word out about the show and all the comics that we talk about on a regular basis and if you listen to us on other networks Spotify you can also leave a review and say something nice on there as well so please do yeah um, and like Amazon Stitcher Podnose Podknife what other networks are we on Tony? we're on the network Pod Network Sweetheart take your hand off my gooch Talking about the famous cricketer Graham Gooch there. Um, <laughs> like I know. Any small action figure version yeah, of him. Yep, yep, yep. I know very little about cricket. <laughs> but that is a name that never leaves your mind. Anyway. Uh... The Gooch. <laughs> oh, it's Graham Gooch. If you're going to Google it, Graham Gooch. That's yes. what you need to Google. Um, and Google all the comics we talked about and uh, mm. thank you very much for listening this week but where can people find us online etc Tony never on anything dot com nice Dan we're in France yes well, yeah oh we're well, asking people to find you in France okay there you go folks go and find it in place uh, yeah. if you listen through to this show you might be able to see clues of where Tony yeah. we found yeah. yeah Dan you can find me on X or Twitter at Van Gogh Comic and from Wednesday, you can read issue 22 of Vanguard at vanguardcomic.com. Yes. Nice. You can find me on social media at Jester Diablo and Al Henderson, the legend. This won't you be the last you. time you're going to appear on the show, by the way. We're going to drag you back. Um, no but go on. Uh, you can find me on all sorts of forms of social media as discussed as at Pendgoin. Um, and that will continue to be the, the place to, to see bits and bobs. Oh, Ooh, uh. <laughs> Ooh, uh. and some comics. Bits and bobs and knobs. <laughs> you don't have to say knobs, Tony. You could just. I that. do have to say it. You know. <laughs> if he has a door handle fetish, he has a door handle I know, fetish. I, know, I, know. I like bed knobs and broomsticks. Oh, look, my knob is glowing. He also likes door knockers as well, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> and and nine knockers. panel grids. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what we are going to get into is loads of comics that we need to read before next week's show. So have a brilliant week, everyone. Thank you very much for checking out the show. Tell your comic loving friends about it um, because we're all here to share the love of indie comics. So until next week, um, from Dan, Tony, Alan, myself, stay safe, stay healthy. The weather's mad over here at the moment and. There's, there's a cold virus that's sweeping the nation so yeah. we hope you're doing okay happy healthy and if you do feel ill just wrap up in a duvet and read loads of comics that's, mm. what, I did. that's what I did the other night and, what Sharknado uh, did yeah does he read comics as well yeah <laughs> nice I had an hour in the city today it's fucking great oh it's lovely lovely and uh, what is lovely is you lovely people so have a brilliant week read loads of comics keep making those comics we want to read and as always what do they do, gents? Stay awesome. Stay awesome. Stay awesome. Bye, everyone. Bye. See you later. Well, see you later, mate. Say goodbye, Al. See you later. Bye-bye. I said it. Sorry, I said it. <laughs> I don't care. Well, Tony don't drowned him. you don't out. Don't bully the no, guest. No, no, Tony drowned you out. <laughs> <laughs>